Hey everyone, today is Wednesday, the 5th of October, 2022. This is The Gap, episode 632. I'm Luke Laurie, Joe Gorace here. Joe, we took uh, a couple of weeks off here. Mm. Uh, had some a, a lot of things going on. Yep. Um, but we're back, and uh, in that span of time, a lot of things have happened in Too the gaming true. world as well. Yeah. Lots of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, had to take a couple of weeks off. Uh, unfortunate. But it is what it is. Uh, yeah. But we're back, baby. Yeah. Uh, we got a ton of games here. ton of news. Loads. So, some some really big news. Um, yeah, it's just been like... A, we're getting into the swing of things. Like the end of the year. Despite it being a... Like a quiet holiday season. Mm. Still quite a lot going on. Like not as much as normal, but it's still busy. Despite all my favorite games continue, my my great hopes for the end of the year continuing to be pushed to twenty twenty three. Yeah, uh, February's fucked next year. Fucking Company <laughs> Heroes three, February twenty three, twenty third, twenty twenty three. Now, fucking ridiculous, ridiculous. Mm. I tell you, but uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, before we jump into games, though, sure. I drove an electric car from Sydney to Brisbane and then back again. Hmm. And I just wanted to say, it's actually pretty viable. It's actually something I could see people doing. Like, it was a Polestar 2, which is a uh, Swedish uh, electric car manufacturer. I believe Volvo backed. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, drove this thing up. Fucking, it's a good fucking car. Uh, I think, think, this particular version of it would set you back somewhere in the in the range of seventy five thousand fucking dollars. So yep. uh crikey. But uh yeah, like normally I've done the maths before, I've uh I've like driven this particular drive a couple of times and uh yeah, that that sort of trip in a hybrid. Uh I did it earlier this year in February in a hybrid mm-hmm. and uh two hundred and seventy three dollars. And it actually, like for charging the car, actually up and back, hmm. came out to seventy three exactly, which I thought was pretty. Uh, oh, you didn't still like neat. the neighbors charging? The oh no, I did a bit of that. Like run a big cable? I did a bit of that. Yeah, did a bit of that. Like uh, chucked it because yeah, it's got like a power. You just plug it into the the wall, hmm. and uh, the in in our garage. In our apartment building, uh, you don't really have access to power, but um, I noticed. So, I'll, 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 well, when I used to row, my rowing machine's down in the garage, and uh, <laughs> it had like a sensor light, and so I'd mm. be rowing, but I wouldn't be moving enough for the sensors to register movement. So uh, after about five minutes of rowing, I'd just be rowing in the fucking dark. And one day I got jack of it, not because I was rowing, but because I was trying to fix my fucking bike. <laughs> yeah. uh, and apparently fixing your bike isn't mobile enough to register on the sensors either. So at some point, like every five fucking minutes, the, the lights would turn off. And I just climbed up there and uh, tried to see if I could fucking do anything about it. I couldn't. But mm. the light above my uh, garage is uh, is just plugged in using an extension cord. And so I just fucking plugged it in, like to charge the the car. Bit cheeky, yeah. bit cheeky. Uh, 
No one was the wiser. Fuck it. No. Um, I mean, the best part is you should be doing this rowing in the dark anyway. And then when someone comes down there, the fucking light comes on. There's the fuck just, out of them. Yeah, there's just some dude rowing in the gut, the gut park. That'd be fucking. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't react either because I'd have my headphones in listening to. No, no, you'd just be like, "Oi, turn the lights off!" <laughs> hey, hey, I'm, hey, I'm hey! Rowing. Come on, I'm rowing here. Um, I'm night rowing. I'm <laughs> night rowing. Yes, uh, but yeah, it's pretty viable. I mean, I don't know how it'd go with other cars, but mm. like, yeah, you make like five stops. But uh, my wife refuses to like we do when we do this trip. She refuses to limit her liquid in- intake. Right, that's the trick with these this long this long drive is you mm. limit your liquid intake, and then you don't need to fucking piss every mm. hundred fucking kilometers. Right, but my wife refuses to do this, and so we wind up making like six or seven stops anyway. Yeah, the first two hours, it's. <laughs> So uh, if you're already making all these stops, like all you're really doing is tacking on an extra 10 minutes uh, for a bit of extra, extra juice at one of these charging stations and then you fucking go on again. Easy peasy. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. Anyway, all I'm saying mm. is uh, while while I stopped at one of these charging things, uh, there was a lady in a, in a Kia and you've got a Kia, don't you? Kia fucking yes. Tina Arena. Sweet yep. Sorrento Moon. And uh, you know, you know. And <laughs> uh, she had the uh, she had this thing called an EV6 and it looked like it made my fucking spaceship looking fucking car look like a piece of shit. Mm. She comes over and she's like, oh my God, is that the Pole Star too? And I'm like, is, are you talking to me? Like, does anyone fucking, <laughs> if you're pumping petrol, does anyone talk to you? Can we have a little fucking decorum here? We've had fucking 150 fucking years of pumping fucking petrol into the car and nobody has ever said anything to anyone else. Nobody talks. It's all just fucking yeah, silence. Rules. It's, it's, it's exactly, right? But no, oh, in the fucking EV world, right? Everyone's like, oh, is that a Polestar too? Oh, have you seen my EV6? Oh, I've got the Tesla 3 long range. You're like... Motherfucker, I'm trying to charge my car and not talk to anyone, okay? Don't make this any more difficult. But anyway, so she comes out and she's like, oh, yeah, my husband, he really wanted the Polestar 2, but I insisted on this thing, uh, the EV6. And I'll tell you what, I love this car so much. But yours looks pretty good too. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Um, Anyway. I gotta go. And <laughs> you didn't ruin her. I just like drove off while the plug was still plugged in. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is too awkward. I'm gonna go find another charging space. Uh, but yeah, anyway, it was fucking weird. Um, yeah, they just talk to you constantly. Mm. Oh, how long have you had yours? About two days. Um, oh wow, that's so. And what you're already doing a trip? Well, I rented it for this specific purpose so uh yes i am doing a trip up the coast oh you rented one oh interesting i and then from then on after that first conversation because literally every stop you had to have a conversation with the other person parked there hmm. so after that first one i just didn't mention uh any details i was it was all just the shortest of answers as possible just oh yep yep oh how much range does that thing get Oh, enough, you know. Uh, oh, and what kind of plug does it have? 
mm-hmm. whatever plug I've got plugged in. And then that was it. Well, anyway, I got to go to Macca's. Going to go eat another fucking hash brown. Uh, and then off you go. Anyway, technology. Right? We're reported, like, all I'm saying is, right? Polestar, mm-hmm. money, please. Hook us yeah. up. Hook us up. Um, I'll take a car. You don't have to pay me money. I'll just take a car. One of yeah. those, one of those Polestar twos. I really like. I'm just this. looking on like the site. Hmm. I don't know what site is this. The I, site. I don't know what site you're talking Trans- about. Transport. NS <laughs> the government transport site. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot more charging stations than I thought there were. Oh yeah. You get this thing called um, fuck. I keep forgetting the the name of it. Uh, a better route planner, route planner, whatever. Mm. Uh, and um, it sort of maps out exactly where you, where you need to go and, and like how far you can make it and like it's plugged into your car your car's got like android in it almost all of them do i think all of them do uh have like android built in and so you put that specific app on it and it registers what car you've got and it knows mm-hmm. how much battery you've got and what your range is and all that kind of stuff and then yeah works out how far you'll go uh, and then just maps out so you say oh, i'm i'm here in sydney i want to go to brisbane and it'll be like okay here you go it's going to take 13 hours you need to make these six stops or these five stops uh and that's it and then you yeah you better in the pole star because instead of having a like a fucking uh speedometer it had like google maps which was I, i thought was pretty good uh and yeah so i had google maps but Google Maps wasn't the same as this a better route planner. And so I had the map on one side telling me one thing and Google Maps telling me another. And I was like, all right, I gotta fucking merge these two fucking things together. The other thing mm. was uh plug share and that will just tell you if if they're out of service ahead of time. Like there's a lot of fucking a lot of stuff out there, but there's there's not enough fucking charging points. Like it seems like right. there's a lot, but there needs to be way fucking more. Like so mm-hmm. many fucking more, uh, especially for that particular drive. Just you're fucked, man. Uh, I got to Tari and all of the charging stations were out, and uh, I had to. I my options were to drive back uh, for an hour, so about ninety five kilometers, uh, which would have added, you know, obviously two hours onto yeah. an already long trip or uh, risk it for the biscuit and try to make it to the next fucking charging spot. And uh, if that one was out, then I'd just be fucked. But I gave it a punt and I made yeah. it. Uh, but that's the that's kind of the way it goes, right? Like there's always one fucking charging uh, station that's out. Uh, I didn't have to queue. I think I waited like 15 seconds for some dude to move his fucking Tesla and then uh, otherwise, yeah. Right. I couldn't use the fucking charging thing next to him because uh, it was out. And yeah, there's just, they got a fucking, you go, most of the time they're at one of those giant fucking uh, Pacific Highway like BPs where there's like 700 fucking petrol pumps yeah. uh, and then all the truck pumps as well. And then there's, but there's two fucking charging ports. You're like, like surely... Surely you could just have a bank of 10 of these cunts, right? Like, mm. I don't see why not. Uh, well, oh, and the other one, oh, fucking had to go charge it while I was up in Brisbane. And uh, 
there was a dude parked in his big fucking Ford fucking Raptor because Ford fucking Raptor di- you know, drivers appear to be almost exclusively dickheads. Uh, he was parked in it in the fucking EV spot. Hmm. Uh, and like I drove up and uh, he's sitting in the car. He's like, oh, sorry, mate. Uh, didn't realize. Uh, didn't realize you guys got your own special parks. I'm like, well, it's just a fuck. It's to charge the car, man. And it's not even close to the. It's not even close to the escalator. He's like, yeah, <laughs> but you, you know, I just thought it was weird that you got your own special parks. I'm like, well, it's but like, it's not even convenient. And there's all those empty ones, mate. He's like, yeah, but you know, you know, it just seems a bit weird, doesn't it? I'm like, no, no. What seems weird is you parking here. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, fucking those EVs <laughs> aren't gonna fucking last, are they? And then he fucking drives off, and I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? Like something about the EV. Either you own an EV or have rented an EV, and you want to talk to everyone, right? Actually, I, I rented one and I didn't want to talk to everyone. So either you own an EV and you want to talk to everyone about how good it is or mm-hmm. you own like a big fucking fuck off ute and you're mad that EVs exist for some reason. I don't know. It's weird. It's it's like it breaks something in people's brains. And they just get mad or really happy. Anyway, interesting yeah. experience. So how, do, how, how long does it take you to charge? If you're at one of these charging stations. There's like, there's three times, right? If you charge it off the fucking wall plug. Uh, yeah. Like six days. Like literally 24 hours. Like legitimately <laughs> 24 hours uh, to go yeah. from from zero to 100. Uh, if you go on, there's like, there's fast and there's ultra fast. I don't know why you would have fast and ultra fast and you wouldn't just have fucking like medium and fast or something slow and fast because well, they don't want to call it medium no yeah, one wants right? medium nobody wants medium but anyway so fast uh yeah it's about a percent a minute uh which is that's all right okay right it's it's yeah you show up you go have lunch you come back you've picked up 30% uh the ultra fast ones i think we were getting like 3 or 4% a minute those ones fucking rule uh but they they cost like 60 cents Per kilowatt. Oh, you got to pay for the fast hour. charge. Well, you got to pay for the slow ones as well, but they cost fuck all. Um, yeah, it's right. I mean, even the fucking ultra fast ones cost fuck all compared to petrol. Like mm. com- compared to how far you go. The other thing this fucking car had was uh, pilot assist, uh, which is just straight up cheating, man. It's, it's got like I'm sure your car does it right. That uh, that fucking cruise control where adaptive cruise control where it like uh will sort of just sit behind whatever car is in front and match their speed uh I'm which not sure i don't use it right when you go I drive my car <laughs> <laughs> um well yeah this thing yeah uh this thing has that and but it also has like lane guiding and also oh, i fucking hate that my at, car does that i fucking hate it oh but but you, you turn it off, obviously. No, I don't know how to turn it off because uh-huh. <laughs> we went for a drive on the weekend yep. away and it was on. And every time it fucking tried to put me in the lane, I'm like, piss off. I know what I'm doing. I'm, there's a reason why I'm avoiding these potholes. <laughs> it's like, no, we're going to hit all of them. I'm aiming for them, you idiot. Yeah. Um, 
But it also like fully turned corners and stuff. Yeah. It was bananas. Like it was actually kind of dangerous because uh, yeah. I, I caught something off my little nieces and nephews. Uh, like, you know, just, you know, our kids are just filth. Yeah. Like balls of filth. That's fine. It means you're prepped for packs now. Like you've, all right, you've, you've all right. I, I got inoculated. I've been inoculated. <laughs> it's um, the best time to get it. I, I thought I had the the fucking the spicy, but uh, mm. no, I didn't. I did round two of the spicy. And, see. Right? No, dodged it. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for this one. Dodged. Oof. Oh, it's coming this weekend. Um, <laughs> I'm going to ground zero for it. But fucking ten hours into this uh this drive back and uh it's hammering down rain and the car's driving for me and it's matching speed for the car in front and i'm like yeah and the rain's like softly pattering on the fucking the roof i'm like oh night night oh fucking going off to sleepy land it's fucking dangerous shit but apart from that it was very uh very less less intensive than the regular driving uh is because Holy cool. shit, it's rough. Yeah. Uh, it's a rough drive. That's the thing, though. right? Is that these cars that you're paying, because they're, they're, they've got so much uh, sort of like new technology, you're paying for the, the development of them. And so mm. that's why they're so expensive. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and so it is, it is a bit of a higher barrier of entry to get that sort of stuff. Because like we looked at getting a hybrid when we moved back here because we had a hybrid in, in San Francisco. Yeah, and like cars were just because uh, the chip shortage, we couldn't get anything. They yeah. just non, no one had anything. Yep. So I had to go with a fucking petrol car. Um, scum, you scum. But me and my EV yeah, buddies. Like, yeah, the, the, so the EV ones we are like even those cars scum. are seventy to eighty thousand dollars. Um, <laughs> and at yeah. that point, it'd be like, well, let's just get a fucking BMW or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, and you don't get it today either. <laughs> like if you were to order a Polestar, oh, yeah, no. I think you don't get it till March next year. Uh, oh, order a Tesla, yeah. you don't get it till March or February next year. You probably wouldn't get a Tesla. I, I wouldn't get a Tesla. Who would buy a Tesla? Like no. someone's. I saw it on fucking Twitter earlier. It was like, uh, have you ever? <laughs> what was it? it was like, uh, have you ever looked at? how hard it is to change anything about your printer tesla mm. turned that experience into a car like <laughs> yeah dude tesla is just a tesla is a company that has just sold they they sell promises like they sell these ideas that just yeah, yeah, don't nice fucking cars. go anywhere like, like the self-driving stuff was supposed to be in the cars by like four or five years oh, ago 100 pushing it back but like they're nice look like I think if you'd bought in earlier, like a couple of years mm. ago, I don't know, like, yeah, I could have seen sure. that, right? Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't buy one today. Not right? these I days, think, no. I, I think you'd be crazy to do it. Just knowing all the shit they, they pull as well, like some dude changed his own battery and so they turned off everything in the car remotely. They were remotely able to fucking just disable <laughs> yeah. parts of the car. And you're like, holy fuck. Like, this is, this is like the fucking adobe of fucking auto manufacturers like okay so i don't have a what i don't have a subscription or some shit and so now mm. i i don't can't use fucking photoshop get the fuck out of here i bought this car it's my car i'll do whatever the fuck i want uh yeah, yeah that's the next like that's the next fucking 
real close future uh, cyberpunk shit is going to be hacking electric cars so oh, that yeah. you can do like your Like jailbreaking your car. Jailbreaking your car, that's it. Right? Yeah, like because like, that's a thing where they've got, you have to, I don't remember who it was, but had a subscription where you needed to, to buy the subscription to turn on like the heated seats or something like that. Right, yeah. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. Cars and um, fucking tractors, right? John Deere's got that shit on lock as well, but people are fucking hacking and jailbreaking their tractors. Just yeah. fucking, this is some, this is some straight up dystopian shit. It's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. All right, let's talk about yeah. some games. Video games. Video games. <laughs> fucking talking cars for twenty minutes. Oh yeah. Um, electric We're a cars. Car podcast, well. Nothing yeah. exciting. We have to be a po- car podcast. So Paul Star will give me a car. Focus yeah. on. Oh, uh, anyway. Uh, Steam Next Fest has started. This is the um, uh, the developers put out demos to showcase a bunch of games that are coming up. Yeah. Uh, I think it started in the last couple of days. I haven't had last a chance to check it Last couple of days, yeah. Up. I'm not sure how many days ago, but... Yeah. Uh, yes. The last couple of days. Um, October 3. When's that? Mm-hmm. Two days ago. Uh, probably October 4 fast, so yesterday. Um, but yeah, bunch of demos, bunch of stuff being shown off. Uh, they're doing like a high life for Melbourne in Games uh, Week, which is cool. Uh, it's on right now. Packs is technically a part of it. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I've been playing a couple of games from it. And uh, yeah, one of them is called Necro Fugitive. Uh, I, I actually had this on my wish list. Uh, so it sort of showed up real easy. Like, uh, you play like a, you play a bad guy, basically like the, uh, yeah, you're the, you're the bad guy. You're sort of locked in this dungeon and, uh, you've got the ability to, uh, like slash and, and shapeshift into anyone that you absorb. So you kill these fucking guards and then you, uh, absorb their body and you can like turn into them and, and like hide as them. Um, it seemed like a really cool idea and, and the, the video of it like was selling me, but the inaction, the demo has not worked for me at all. Mm. Um, it's just, it, it kind of, I don't know. I got the feeling like you were supposed to be this really powerful beast, this like terrifying fucking monster. Uh, but it sends so many enemies at you that that doesn't really like play out. Instead, you sort of just get fucked on. And so you got to play a really stealthy. Uh, and I just don't find that as interesting an idea. I, I was sort of thinking it would be like prototype, right? Which is, uh, if you never played it, I thought it was a really good fucking uh villain uh protagonist open world action game um from what like 20 2009 maybe uh yeah you sort of roll around and you're able to like fling yourself everywhere sort of like venom the video game uh but not not the movie venom the comic book venom uh a good version of venom and uh yeah, that's what I sort of thought it would be like because Prototype uh, allowed that power fantasy to play out. Whereas I'm not, I'm just not seeing that happening in this fucking demo. You just get 
fucked on if you don't stealth. And as soon as you accidentally break stealth, then it's fucking go time. And it's just kind of the combat's not really there. Uh, it doesn't have a good like sensation of, of uh, impact when you strike things. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to leave it on my wish list just to see if it gets better over time. But this demo did not work for me at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. Next up, um, Arkanoid Eternal Battle. Uh, it's Arkanoid. We're Battle Royale. It's cool. I like it. Arkanoid, if you never never played it, it's a breakout style game. If you don't know what a fucking breakout game is, uh, imagine you've got a paddle at the bottom of the screen and you bounce a ball and you, you break bricks. Uh, brick breaker game. Um I love my brick breakers. I love breakout games. Um, and yeah, Arkanoid does it pretty well. Uh, you're all playing, like everyone in the game, I believe it's 24 people uh, or 24 other people, maybe 25 total. Uh, anyway, 24, 25 uh, people are going through these levels and you're scoring, scoring points. And basically it's... Uh, Whoever drops below a certain threshold dies, so uh, or is eliminated, and so the threshold is determined based on your ranking. So you want to be high uh, in the rankings. So you want to be scoring a lot of points. Uh, otherwise, you get fucking eliminated. And uh, once you reach the top four, it takes you all to a boss battle. And. Uh, I don't know how it decides who's eliminated in the boss battles because I was always in first place. Uh, so I'm not sure how that works precisely. Uh, but I think it's going through phases and as these phases tick through, um, the person with the lowest score gets bumped out. Uh, but the boss battle is interesting because like the, the regular... Regular battle royale stuff uh, is pretty cool. You're just doing these levels. When you when someone clears a level, it wipes, and any bricks that are left over get deducted from your score. So it pays to be real close to having fucking destroyed as many blocks as pro po possible, and you want to fucking uh, be the first one to clear them if you can, because it hurts everyone else's scores. Uh, the power-ups, the drop are pretty like classic. You might get like a wider paddle or a magnetic paddle or multi-ball, um, a paddle with lasers on them. But you can also get these things uh, like attacks that you can do that you can use on your uh, opponents. And uh, it might like f turn all like armor, all the uh, bricks on the uh, opponent's screen. And you sort of send them at whoever's on your left or on your right. So you can only really impact the person in like the next, like closest to you. You can't like fuck with the person in first from last place or vice versa. Uh, but, and I, I'd like to see that kind of, like I feel like being in first uh, is kind of, I don't know lonely right like i feel like you should be able to be fucked with like maybe the person in last should be able to send their stuff at the person in first 
in sort of a cycle type way. You, you do it by sending it left or right. So maybe the person mm -hmm. in, in last should just send their stuff left and it'll go to the player in first. I think that'd be good because the person in first, yeah, only has to worry about the person in second, but the person in first is also doing quite well and probably has the resources required to just fuck with the person in second a lot, which is what I was doing. Uh, and the person in second was constantly switching because they were constantly like having to put like deal with losing points and stuff. Um, so yeah, it might be an interesting way to, to fix that. Anyway, in the boss fight, uh, yeah, you've got all these extra power-ups going on and uh, the, the boss is like sort of trying to freeze you or shrink your paddle or it can also like magnetize your ball and every second that it holds your ball in the magnet uh you lose a thousand points which i think is the way that uh people are, are like other players are losing points a lot the other thing is when you die you don't like like when the ball goes below the paddle which would normally kill you in uh arkanoid uh you don't die you just lose like fucking i think three thousand points and then you have to start again uh from without any power-ups or anything um but yeah anyway uh so the boss you have to beat the boss to actually win the battle royale i didn't realize this the first time i played it uh i like came first but i was millimeters off beating the boss and uh so i i was defeated so i had to go in and do it again oh well uh I didn't mind because I was having fun. It's a cool game. It's a cool idea. I think they've done well. Yeah. Uh, Looks really cool. Um, does, so like I'm watching it here and when you switch, uh, when so, when players switch rankings, so you can kind of see your screen yep. and on either side, you can see uh, the person like next to you or, or uh, the people in front of you or people behind you what i'm noticing is when you swap when those people swap positions or when you swap position it moves their game board like across your screen is that distracting because it's yeah kind of uh, distracting in the game what like me watching it is kind of distracting I, uh, i'm not bragging uh but i legit spent most of my time in first but the small amount of time i did spend uh climbing my way to first I did find that to be quite distracting. And I think that is part of what makes being in any other position other than first, like quite a bit more challenging as well, because you're seeing people yeah. it's shifting, right? And these, these things are shifting, but when you're in first, you just have to worry about either dropping below first, which is not that big a problem. Uh, Cause you can see the score that they've got or uh, being distracted by the switching, like the switching of the other players, but but it's not dragging across your screen the way it is when you're below first. Uh, but yeah, I never got a chance to get used to it. I felt like you probably would, um, mm. but at the same time, it is it does strike me as a disadvantage that the player in first would not have to put up with. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Anyway, it looks cool. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I uh, I chucked it on the wish list. Uh, definitely worth checking if you enjoy. Yeah, it's, that's out soon. Three weeks. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, All right. uh, Forever Skies. Uh, this one, I don't know what it was. Uh, it was just 
I think I got an email about it actually, but it, it struck me as interesting. Uh, when you first kick off in it, you sort of land and it's, uh, it reminds me a lot of Subnautica because you turn around and you go like open a, open a first aid thing and grab like a first aid thing out. And I was like, wow, that is exactly what happens when you first start a game of Subnautica. Um, and it sort of crash lands you and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but very quickly it turned into what for me was a lot, lot more like uh, raft, but it's a sci-fi, uh, airborne raft instead of, um, the water-based raft, uh, that, that we played earlier this year. And uh, the problem that Forever Skies has is it doesn't have multiplayer, it seems. And that's a huge error, in my opinion. Because uh, one of the things, like, shit, like, I thought it was a huge error that Subnautica 2 or Subnautica uh, Below Zero didn't have multiplayer i understand that engines are the way they are and you can't just fucking add networking uh and even the mod barely works when it works uh that adds multiplayer to subnautica barely works when it works but uh it's just the the thing about these survival games is there are moments of tedium and when the tedium sets in it can be hard to sort of drag you yeah. And when you're floating on an endless ocean like you are in rafts, what keeps you entertained or distracted is fucking Dr. E3 money farting about and fucking making some other stupid fucking tower or uh, grey squirrel falling overboard or something like that. Those things like cr provide uh, a huge uh, like... Yeah, just distraction from what would other be the otherwise be the void of loneliness, and I feel like Forever Skies will fall prey to that because it was already falling prey to that uh, in the demo. I was already like, "Oh, this is cool! I'm actually like really intrigued by this, and I think this has a lot of potential." But at the same time, uh, I've been sort of floating forward trying to get to this next location for like two minutes and I wish there was someone else going on. And that's, that's a bad thing. That's that multiplayer specifically alleviates. So I dropped this one off. I didn't put this one on my wish list. Uh, if it pops up again and it's got multiplayer, I think it's a goer, but otherwise maybe not. For me, at least. If you're after that sort of solitary, uh, zen-style survival game, I think it's got it going on. Uh, so it's worth checking out. And the the idea of a sky-based sci-fi post-apocalyptic rafting game is very cool. Mm -hmm. And it's got a really cool art style. But yeah, gameplay just wasn't there for me. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's uh, Forever Skies. Yes. Uh, supposedly coming out this year. Yeah, I'd be surprised because the performance of it was not there either. It was rough. It was rough. Uh, it was making the old 3080 roar and it was still dropping frames like a motherfucker. So 
It felt like they had some some ways to go. Uh, and the last one on the list is Dredge. Uh, Dredge is a game by a New Zealand studio that I didn't write down the name of, so that's cool. Uh, but it's basically a fishing game and a Lovecrafting horror game. Um, you Black are salt games. Black salt. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, you're this fisherman. You go to this new island. You're the new island's fisherman, and uh, you go there, and for whatever reason, they give you a boat, uh, and you have to go catch fish. Uh, like, they make you pay off the the boat uh, but yeah you have to go catch fish and um yeah what you notice as you're catching these fish is that uh, as night sets in things start to get kind of spooky uh tend to get a little bit scary and uh then you realize that the fish you're catching at night are worth a bit more and so you got to balance going out at night and catching the more valuable fish against staying safe from what lurks in the darkness and uh, the atmosphere is fucking cool and the um, yeah the the writing works for me and it's a fishing game I like fishing uh, but yeah I uh, I really dug this one I was playing before Steam next fest but it is a part of next fest um, playing the demo on my uh, on my steam deck because uh, I bought a steam deck Mm-hmm. so um i was gonna i thought i was gonna talk about that now but i guess we can talk you about dragged it. it down the bottom right we can talk about it now yeah might as well i bought a steam deck because i was having a rough couple of weeks and i got really drunk and um and but, but also if you're talking about a new zealand studio you need to pronounce it how they would a steam dick steam dick um but yes, I, I bought a Steam Dick and I've been playing Dredge on uh, on on that, and it's perfect. They're per- they're a match made in heaven. Uh, but yeah, I wish Dredge. I wish that like I, I reached the end, and I wish I could play more of it. It's fucking cool as shit, man. Uh, yeah, really enjoying it. Um, but the Steam Dick uh, is fucking holy fuck, man. Uh, it's it's awesome. Uh, yeah, I I bought it. Uh, yeah, got. Got sad, got drunk, jumped on eBay. Uh, may have overpaid a little bit, like right on, on the eBay. cusp. Right on the cusp. I wouldn't have, I would not have overpaid if uh, if the bid hadn't just barely dragged me over the threshold. <laughs> yeah, uh, where you have to pay customs excise. That's where it stung. Uh, thanks for that, Jerry Harvey. You fuck knuckle. Um, so yeah, would have, would have been way better out, but, uh, doesn't matter. Still totally worth it. Uh, this thing fucking, it rules. It's one of those things, right? Where first of all, you got to fucking temper your expectations. I showed it to my brothers and they're like, oh, so what can you play? Can you play cyberpunk? I'm like, I don't have cyberpunk on steam. Um, oh, can you play... What can you play? Can you play Red Dead Redemption? I'm like, yeah, I haven't downloaded it, but yeah. It's like 100 gigabytes. It's 256. Like that's half the fucking thing. He's like, uh, they're like, oh, well, you know, get it. I'm like, it's not going to It's not gonna look like amazing. 
it'll run great and it'll look good, but it's not going to be fucking phenomenal. You got to like, oh, but like, what's the point of it then? Well, it's not a fucking, it's not a, you're not carrying around your desktop fucking PC. You're carrying around a desktop PC, right? But it's not my fucking 3080, right? It's not my fucking AMD beast, right? With the fucking sweet AMD CPU, which is what I've got. Because uh, I'm a fucking baller who called that shit early. Even though Luke is going to switch to AMD and then pretend like he never fucking spent the last 10 years shitting on him. Um, it's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not a fucking, it's not a beast. It's a very fucking good portable fucking computer, right? And it does all the things, the things it's doing is fucking amazing. But you have to temper your expectations. Uh, so basically what it is, is a very expensive way to play Dead Cells wherever you are at any point in time. And I understand, because I own it on the Switch, that um, you could probably just do that on the Switch. And I have it on Android, so you could probably just do it on your phone. But this is the best version of it. Um, play Shadow of War, um, the Lord of the Rings game, and that fucking, that fucking kicks ass. Uh... I love that. The trick to it is uh, you can do 40 frames. You can like force 40 frames per second and you can then force the refresh rate of the screen to be 40 hertz. Mm. And uh, in your brain, you know it's not 60, but it looks fucking slick as shit. Yeah, it still looks good. It looks so good. Uh, I mean, that's the stuff they're doing with like Sony has been doing with their... Their first, like The Last of Us, has a forty-five. Yeah, exactly, forty flat. Yeah, because yeah. um, and that that works with one hundred and twenty frame TVs. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, uh, yeah, it it totally works. And yeah, I uh, you get so much more performance out of games as a result of that. So I haven't done Red Dead Redemption, but yeah, Shadow of War. I know, I know, it's not as graphically. Intensive, I think Red Dead might struggle. I think it might. Um, like, but, oh, like I've looked at some stuff for Spider-Man Remastered. Oh, yeah. And, and it seems like you can sort of get it around about 45 to 60 on like low settings. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the other thing is you don't really, like the, the harder it has to work, the less battery you get out of it. Um, so playing Terraria on it, which is not a very graphically intensive game. Uh, yeah, you can sit there pretty much all day and just fucking knock it out. And it feels comfy as shit. Uh, they've done this real cool... Th- like, there's, there's... The grips for it are to the side of the screen. So you're not actually supporting... Directly supporting the weight uh, of the machine in a way that... Uh, like uses your fingers, which is what the the switch sort of does um, when you're holding it, right? You're sort of holding the switch like you might a phone, right? And that's not that's not what's happening here. Uh, and it allows you to sort of take advantage. It's got this. It's got back paddles the way a fucking elite controller, Xbox controller might, and um, yeah, it's got like its touch pads and stuff like that. And you you feel like you're actually able to take advantage of that shit. Uh, a lot um but yeah it's uh 
yeah, I, I fucking love it. I haven't finished fucking installing emulators on it. Uh, I was halfway through doing it. I got a little bit distracted trying to find the uh, my very legal rips of my BIOSes from my machines. Um, so yeah, I didn't get around to doing all that shit, but apparently it's a fucking emulation beast. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, Proton DB, like you use Proton DB to sort of fucking look up whether or not a game works on it. Most games do. Most of the time you don't need to worry, but there are a couple. I was, I plugged it into my uh, little brother's TV via the USB-C port mm. and uh, we were playing Jackbox and that was fucking awesome. It was yeah. the, that was a kick, kick-ass way to do that. But uh, we tried to play Use Your Words. I don't know if you, I made you play Use Your Words, but it's a very fun Jackbox-like game. Um, and it actually didn't work. Uh, something about the file structure just doesn't work with Proton. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you couldn't, you can't play Use Your Words. And uh, you go on SteamDB, and there it is. It says, yeah, you can't do it. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I love it, man. Like it's uh I keep it's a very it's very easy to get distracted playing on it, uh and pissing away too much time on it. I haven't taken it into the toilet yet. because uh, I feel like that's too dangerous. Cause I could really knock some shit out. I've played so much fucking Dead Cells recently, it's uh I've gotten right back in. They had a new fucking update and uh managed to smash my way all through to to the new boss that's a fucking ball lake that's a rough one uh but yeah dead cells continues to rule and the steam deck rules uh i'm very happy with it i would probably like if i would either buy one now right or i would wait for them to do a new version like a steam deck Mm. 2 Mm. I do I don't not know. think it ever makes it to Australia. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think... I feel like that's going to be a ways off, though, because they're still struggling to keep up with demands on the original device. They're almost, they're almost back in front. So, yeah, yeah. I'd say it's, it'd be another 12 months, right? At least. They'd have to be... They'd have to be one-to-one on, like, meeting demand before I think they would start to think about that rollout but yeah yeah uh yeah i don't think it's i don't think it ever comes down here right you Uh, think it's like the original iphone where it's just like this is it this is what you get us only (laughs) and the next one comes out in a couple years um i mean it potentially gets there i think the problem with it at the moment is that it's still a bit expensive um when you're looking at their competition, their biggest competition is obviously like Nintendo, right? And the yeah. Nintendo Switch is a $400 console or a high-end $400, $500 console US, sorry, yeah. Australian. Um, and then you compare it to like the low-end Steam Deck because there's different, there's like three different tiers and you're still looking at like nearly double the price. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, or even 
200 bucks the price if you get the like the low end one and that's and a absolutely 60 shouldn't. gigabyte don't make the mistake of getting the 64 everything i've read is that mm. that thing is neutered all the way through yeah uh, does it come with a card though like a memory card that you can just switch in and out it doesn't come with one but you can use any micro sd card right so technically you could probably just use that right yeah but the problem is the emmc uh like hardware isn't isn't the same as the uh, okay yeah as the ssd in the um, yeah in the 256 and 512 ones so it's it's a slower machine all around mm. um so yeah I, would, I definitely wouldn't get the 64 gig but uh, i wonder if this is the type of thing where they wait and see what happens with the switch pro which yeah. for next year um and then figure out what their next step is i reckon the real what what will re- be really interesting is is seeing how amd and intel come to the party mm. with full SOC like system and chip architecture because i think if they can provide something uh robust enough mm-hmm uh then the steam deck 2 will have to happen sooner rather than later because every fucking everyone is going to try and make their own i reckon we'll we'll probably start to see like the apple or well, like <laughs> msi and stuff i reckon mm. they'll, they'll give it a punt uh nvidia be crazy not to take another swing at the concept uh now that we've got fucking force now and all that kind of stuff i think they've been not bananas they got tegra 2 just around the, uh, not here tegra 3 is just around the corner like yeah i i think that will be the real thing uh that what be what pushes them to make the jump but yeah um yeah cool i'm sort of just watching Watching videos of cyberpunk running on it. <laughs> yeah, right. Seems to go all right. Um, all right. Well, there you go. That's the uh, the Steam Deck. Uh, I'll try sure to note going forward what games I play on the Steam Deck uh, if I'm playing mm-hmm. them on the Steam Deck versus my regular computer. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we'll see how I go with that. Mm. It might just wind up continuing to just be three hour long sessions of dead cells yeah yeah yep. fair enough all right let's get to some of the stuff i've been playing um lucas slime rancher 2 this is a game that hits the uh, game pass recently uh, it is a sequel to slime rancher um did you ever play that one i didn't neither did i yeah. uh so this one is in it's in early access at the moment um and it's basically a game where you're playing as a rancher uh on this space planet uh you're equipped with some sort of weird vacuum cleaner type tool uh it's in first person and you're going around collecting these uh little slime creatures and each one of these creatures uh you take back to your main home base where you then put them into a uh, a pen um and as you feed them, they uh, poop out little gem things, little crystals. And you use those crystals to buy upgrades and uh, 
different types of food and things like that. Uh, this is pretty early access. I, I, I don't think there's a lot of substance there at the moment um, at this point in time because I, I bounced off it pretty quickly uh, purely because I kind of got the idea of what they were going for. Uh, it, it feels like a mix between a first-person game and a, like an idle game um, where you're constantly trying to get the next type of slime thing uh, and then uh, feed it whatever its favorite food is and by doing that you're getting more of these crystals that you can go use and then the rinse and repeat of, of uh, going and upgrading your base and and making things automated so now you're no longer having to feed them manually and collect all this stuff manually it's all automated um, and so it's got a bit of those sort, sort of like uh, mechanics where it's trying to uh, I don't know draw you in that way but um, yeah I know it's been doing the rounds a couple of weeks ago and I, I thought I'd jump in and check it out it's, uh, it seems interesting but it's it's quite early there's not a whole lot to it at this point so i'll check back into it at some point uh thankfully it's on game pass and so if you want to check it out on that you can and there's no uh incentive to pay anything which is handy um cute. yeah it's 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 like a weird sort of po like a almost like a pokemon-esque vibe to it but e like each slime has their own personality and traits and things that they do but they kind of all look the same and uh, they're just different colors other than that um yeah i don't know uh I just, that actually reminded me like temtem's out now as well i want to jump in and check that out just haven't had a chance to um so anyway that's slime slime rancher 2 uh next up i had a chance to check out mario and rabbit's sparks of hope this is the follow-up to mario and rabbit's kingdom battle uh, which is a game i played quite a bit of it's probably my most played game on switch at this point um i, I took it a, a, a lot on trips with me um just because it was super handy to have on the plane and also it was a game that i really enjoyed because uh, it mixes that like xcom style uh turn-based strategy gameplay with uh the mario slash rabbit's world more mario um and it's sort of one of the biggest like third party titles that is on the switch uh so that's something that um ubisoft did a really good job on with this one uh, so yeah anyway i got a chance to head over to the ubisoft office and play a couple hours of this one like four cool. hours three or four hours and um yeah, I was pretty surprised by how different it was. It doesn't feel like a game where they've just said, oh, well, this worked last time. Let's make another one and slap a two on it and we'll be done with that. Um, th this actually feels like they've gone in and refined a bunch of the systems that felt a bit shallow in the old game, but also have made some pretty dramatic changes to how the gameplay handles uh, this time around. One of the biggest changes that it does is um, the way the turn-based combat worked in the original game was you would be uh, you'd ha have your characters and each character could move a certain amount of squares and so there'd be grids in this environment that you could move around and, and shoot things with uh, that grid-based attack systems now gone and being replaced with a uh, like more of a radius real-time system uh each person 
each character on your team is still taking turns, but you can freely move around the environment while this is happening um, and complete your actions. Uh, and it's no longer a grid-based system. It's it's more like circles. Um, and being able to like initiate, say, uh, one of the w- ways you could move around in the game was you could bounce off like another character's head on your team and it'll give you a boost in order to get to a higher elevation um whereas now you could like boost on top of someone and it'll give you a couple of seconds of using almost like a a parachute system and you can glide around um and reposition yourself and and again that is not necessarily in relation to how far you know you can move from this particular spot it's kind of you jump onto someone's head and now all of a sudden you've got a couple of seconds to figure out where you want to go you might move in a direction be like oh shit actually I want to go this way and so there's some time constraints to that sort of stuff um there's also some uh environmental things that you can uh like affect how that sorry you can uh there's like the bombs that are spread out throughout the world and you can slide tackle them uh and then pick them up and that'll start ticking down you'll have a couple of seconds to throw one of those things and so again it's not really a like you're not just sitting in one position and doing this action you're running around in this real-time slash tone-based environment and causing um uh, destruction around it so you can use that bomb and throw it in an enemy or throw it behind uh, uh some destructible cover to make them um the enemies on the team more accessible to shoot at um and so i thought that was really interesting they kind of changed the combat to a point where it's similar to what was in the first game but it's got like a completely different feel to it now um which is really neat and cool um and so what you're doing in this game is basically uh you're in an like a, a an environment similar to the first one where you run around you collect coins and you go into these puzzles um but the 3d environment is more akin to like an actual 3d mario game now where you're um you know the, the camera is kind of very close behind your character you're solving puzzles and uh hitting switches uh, and then throughout the world there will be characters that are roaming around and they'll have um like challenge numbers like numbers above their head to indicate like what difficulty they are and then you can approach them and that kicks off this um the actual combat in the game and it'll like zoom in and you'll have an environment you need to run around in and and battle these enemies and once you clear that particular uh puzzle you collect coins or other items that can help you progress further in the main path of the story um so they fleshed out that whole back part a little bit before it just kind of used to be a way to collect coins and unlock cosmetic items and things like that that and you kind of didn't have to really do it this feels like a a lot more has gone into it uh to to sort of yes you can sort of mainline it and just run for the next thing but there's a there's a bit more of a payoff for the exploration aspect which is cool um and really nice uh is this something the you game wanted? is this something um, you felt the game needed i think so yeah because like it's just that exploration part of the first game it just felt like a i don't know if it was a nuisance but like a it just wasn't engaging it wasn't fun there wasn't right, really yeah. anything to do uh but it was a way to get you from point a to point b whereas yeah. this time it feels a bit more like 
there's a reason to be doing this sort of stuff um you'll be going collecting like finding certain items to lock doors that are locked or to in order to complete certain types of puzzles that may not make sense you'll have to go and find a, a number of keys or something like that um and it opens it'll open up new areas if you complete them but at the same time you don't have to go do that some of that stuff if you don't want to it can just be relegated to side quests um so yeah i, I quite uh, it's interesting that they've actually fleshed that entire part out which is is really neat um then on top of that like the the combat itself is i i thought the original game was quite challenging and fun um and, and this still continues that trend of like it's not easy yeah. like it looks like a game that uh because of its art style it's the type of game you could like i wouldn't give it to a bunch of kids and be like have fun with this because it'll just kick your ass yeah. um because it, it is a strategy game at the end of the day yeah. uh you can't just sort of run in guns blazing and, and hope that you'll get away with uh you know murdering everything all these mushrooms that are on on the combat um environment and so uh you do actually have to think about how you approach these situations and how each enemy affects the environment and what their special abilities are and and all that sort of stuff and so uh you then have to look at what characters you've got what you know what healers you want to take what ta- uh, damage dealers and tanks and support characters because uh, there is a roster of different characters that are in the game that you can unlock as you progress further uh, and each of them have their own unique set of abilities and upgrades and all that sort of stuff um and so it like it'll actually be challenging for you there was i played on like normal difficulty was having a pretty cruisy time with most of the the battles i was doing they jumped us forward in time uh and i got to a point where there was a um a pretty significant boss battle and uh got through to the um just got through what i thought was the end of the boss battle and then it flicked across to like phase two and Uh i was like fuck all right (laughs) i end up dying and was like i was so close and they were like there's one more phase after that and i was like oh okay (laughs) yeah uh and then that's what i kind of sat back a little bit was like all right i gotta think about this one a bit more um and uh yeah i actually would took my time with it and figured out how to approach so like you've actually got to stop and think about how you you take on some of this combat like it's not gonna be easy at the same time um you can switch a difficulty down if you want to uh so it's not like there's right. just one difficulty so that'll make things easier for people who just want to kind of breathe through it um yeah i was pretty surprised by it for the most part i, I had a lot of fun i think that um uh, i enjoy these XCOM style games when they do it right the good thing about it is the probability chances it's like 50% or 100% they're the yeah. kind of <laughs> two that you go with yeah. um, if someone's behind cover uh, and because you've got a lot of options open to you uh, between jumping off people's heads or slide tackling other enemies or like comboing different abilities that you've got um, it feels like for the most part like you're not just relegated to sitting behind cover and shooting at something like it, it wants you to be active and try and get up close and flank enemies uh, and that sort of thing um so yeah i, I was really su- surprised by it because it's uh it's not just a 
they're not just shoveling out it doesn't seem like they're just shoveling out a sequel and doing the same thing over again they're at least trying to evolve the formula and put a twist on the combat that they did with the first one um i think it's a smart decision as well that just feels like it it um it's enough of a change that it makes it different to the first but also puts you in a position where sometimes when like it's no longer just a turn-based combat system yeah because it has those real-time elements in it so i think that's a neat twist um and something that's quite interesting Anyway, uh, I had a, a lot of fun with it. I'm looking forward to this one coming out. It's uh, Mario, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it's on. it'll be out on the Switch, so uh, keep an eye out for that one. It's, uh, I don't know when it's... I think it's like really soon. I think it's next next couple of weeks. Yeah, October 20. Cool. Um, yeah, I'll absolutely be checking this one out when it comes out. Yep. It seems... Because I had an absolute blast of that first game, so I, I don't see why uh unless something sets in when i'm playing it and i'm like ah this is getting a bit repetitive but for the most part it seems pretty uh pretty solid um yeah anyway there you go nice what else yeah. we got here um speaking of i've watched two <laughs> i've watched two released today yep. um this is the uh pvp overwatch game uh they shut down the original overwatch recently launched overwatch 2 overwatch 2 is now free to play you can uh, play for free if you bought the original overwatch game you get um you get uh the i guess fast tracked version of overwatch 2 all the characters are unlocked all that sort of stuff everything carries across all your progress all your hours uh things that you unlock skins and all that sort of stuff is all come across with you um and so yeah, I jumped into this one, played a couple of rounds today. Oh, you actually uh, got in. I, yeah, thirty thousand. Like you wait I think that was earlier. I think that was in the morning when they actually launched the game. It's right. fucked. Um, but yeah, I got home from work and jumped straight in. Uh, yeah, right. Played for I don't know an hour and a half and without any problems. Cool. Um, yeah, and so I basically uh, just played a couple of unranked matches, played a couple of ranked matches. I think um, they, they've done a lot of... I've not played Overwatch for a long time, but yep. like a lot of good quality of life stuff. There's ro- there's role queues and things like that now in there uh, on top of competitive matches. So being able to play with people that are in your same sort of skill brackets, there is a... Uh, a uh, what do you call it? Like a... I don't know. You play a certain amount of games, and then once it kind of configures where you are, um, yeah. it'll put you in the right pool of players, supposedly. Um, so I've been doing a bunch of that sort of stuff. And seeding, yeah, yeah. One of the biggest changes, I think, and it's something that was absolutely needed for Overwatch was the um, ch- trying to figure out how you go from this game that was so heavily focused on shooting tanks uh to to like making that a bit more streamlined so they they killed one of the tank roles uh there's no long it's no longer six on six it's now five on five game you've got a uh a tank one tank two damage dealers and two healers uh, whereas before there was an extra um tank uh player that was usually a tank or support something like that um and it makes for a faster 
gameplay. Like you're no longer just having to sit there and just shoot fucking tanks the entire time and and trying to, you know, deal with that. Um, and so I think that's a really smart move. I've got, I know a lot of people that play Overwatch and who've had a chance to play uh, the beta um, and then, uh, you know, get to experience that a little bit. And it seems like it's, a, according to them, a really good step in the right direction. Uh, and it's something that was absolutely needed to to fix that uh, stale matter that had gone on for so long. Um, so that's cool. Uh, I had a yeah, I had a chance to play a couple of rounds. It, it's obviously um, th- they've made an interesting choice with like just making it now a free to play game because uh, obviously that community had started to to die off quite a bit when they announced Overwatch two. Uh, and then also said we weren't making any changes to the original Overwatch, uh, and then at the same time, shifting from a PVE game, uh, Jeff Kaplan leaving, going back to a PvP game, and like there's obviously been a lot of changes happening with Overwatch 2, uh, sort of fast-tracking this PvP side of the free-to-play game that they've only been working on for about a year and a half now, uh, and then putting that out and be the new focus, because the last time I played this game was it was it was BlizzCon 2019, and I played the PvP PVE section, mm. uh, and see, like that's what they were pushing for that game. Um, yeah, to be a paid a paid you know experience, uh, and now that's no longer the case. You know the creative team has gone. This is now a for the most part a pvp game and it's now a free-to-play thing i think that it's a smart move to make it pvp because that's what most of the main big shooters are doing at this point um and it's just going to revitalize that community you have a ton of people like there was a ton of people playing this game today um so we'll sort of see what legs it's got but it's yeah it's it's overwatch they've gone in they've they've redone a bunch of the abilities um streamlined a bunch of content in there added a a couple of new characters some new maps uh, and then changed the matter in terms of how it plays out so i'm curious to see how that reflects in the um like the uh esports side of it and if that has a big change but i think it's a good step in the right direction for what you know to to sort of bring this game back into the limelight because it had a huge following when it was released and the last like two years it sort of dropped off quite a bit i'm surprised Um, to hear you talking you sound real positive yeah i had fun when i played it today yeah but you didn't have fun when you stopped playing overwatch two years ago well i mean i was probably still having fun back then but yeah like it still feels fun to play i mean there's a reason you stopped playing I think because other people stopped playing. I I still played every once in a while. I mean, it's I don't know. Like, does it does it fix what? I guess I guess you didn't see the flaws. You didn't feel like it had flaws that. Well, I haven't played enough to to see that yet. I don't think. All right. I I'd have to play a lot. Like I put, I don't know how many hours I put into it before. It's not it's not a whole lot. I'd say yeah. it's somewhere between 20 and 40 hours I've played, maybe, with sure. the original Overwatch. Yeah. Um, that's not including the beta stuff and previews, so all that sort of thing. Um, but 
for me, it's the uh, like removing an extra player does a lot for the speed of the game. Yeah, like a huge amount because all of a sudden you're no longer having to just just rely on those tanks. Man, they take so much damage to take down, and removing one of those is, is massive. Uh, and they've obviously like tweaked a bunch of their abilities and uh, and that sort of stuff so to to make it not as like they're still tanky, um, but there's less focus on like if one goes down before you were kind of like well I've got a backup now and but at this point if now if one goes down you're kind of in trouble. Yeah. Um, you've really got to to try and think about what you're doing so. It's it was it was a much needed change. So I'm interested to see what like happens with that meta. I'll I'll probably just play on the odd occasion. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll bounce off it really quickly because I'm not really playing with anybody. But I want to play some ranked and see how I go with that. Where it puts me in. What type of fun experiences I get playing ranked. Yeah. <laughs> and how quickly I end up fucking muting people. Right. Like I mean, yeah. The reason I bounced off was I I never felt like it was a game where you're entirely dependent on the strength of your team mm. like and and if your team couldn't get shit together then you were going to lose and it didn't matter like it didn't matter how fucking well you played you could not fucking carry them out of just an absolute fucking nightmare yeah. and the, it's not like dota the other problem <laughs> the other problem was that it was so easy for people to tilt themselves into a, a position where they just didn't want to fucking win. And so, yeah. yeah, you would just find like the the slightest thing would go wrong. Someone wouldn't get their fucking, their favorite hero at the start or uh, fucking people wanted to go out of the wrong door or something was one I remembered like everyone was going out of the left door and they wanted to go out of the right door and that was it. They like threw from then on and you can't, you weren't able to make up for that uh, as as a team. And maybe with one fewer tank, that's no longer, as long as the person who's throwing isn't the tank, uh, that's no longer as big an issue because like you needed, you needed that t- team coherence. Yeah uh to actually take down both tanks so maybe with only one tank it's no longer that big an issue but right yeah it just felt like this this game revolved around the idea of heroes never die but there were no real heroes it was just like half the game was trying to fucking yeah keep your fucking team from tilting and whichever team tilted first they would lose and that was it like it would snowball to to success to victory and it just it never really felt good to me um because i wanted to play a game where like i mean fucking yeah counter-strike one person can fucking do it all yeah carry the entire team right like it's just not possible in fucking i mean i'm sure there is ways to do it like you see crazy oh like, like yeah i'm not talking about fucking OWL players, like I'm sure they can fucking carry the worst of mm. the worst. But like I'm talking about, like on a regular day, 
I can pop off an ace in Counter-Strike and fucking somehow squeeze victory from the jaws of defeat. But I can never, ever, ever do that in Overwatch. It was never, ever possible. And I don't know. That's the that's the the juice of multiplayer games for me is uh, is that epic storytelling mm. moment. The stories you tell in Overwatch just weren't ever there, right? Which, I, yeah. you know, it's obviously why I gravitate towards battle royales and stuff because generally uh those situations are possible right um but yeah i just felt overwatch was so carefully honed that it was almost like it was inoffensive in the most offensive way it was like it was bland uh, nothing. There were no highs, and because they were trying to get rid of the lows, and what what wound up happening were lows like nobody could ever fucking imagine before. And it, instead of creating higher highs, it actually just sort of bottomed out the entire thing. Uh, where when you did win, you're like, yeah, well, like you could see in the fucking chat that they were losing their fucking minds at each other. So. We didn't even fucking win, like earn that win. Who cares? It was a fucking yeah. Matter. Let's move on. You know. Yeah, like I wonder how that they've put a lot of focus on ranked play, um, yeah. and so with the roll cues and things like that, um, there's this new system they put in where they're recording audio chat to try and ban players that are disruptive as well. Um, so hopefully that sort of just weeds out those people, the the people that are just like you know being dickheads because they want to be dickheads um but again like i don't know so i guess we'll we'll see i've i've won all of my placement matches so far i'm like four in so uh, oh we'll see what, what point it, yeah it'll be like you are grandmaster i'll be like fuck yeah i get put with these these dudes who are like do i want to play with women or some shit and you know those types of Yep. Wasn't there one like really famous Twitch streamer who like I don't want to play with girls? Fucking ninja. Um, was it? No, it wasn't ninja. It was ninja. Ninja said, I, I, "I'm not going to stream with girls." Oh, that was Fortnite. Oh, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that was because he didn't want to be harassed or something. Didn't want to be harassed because he knew he could stop himself from being a harasser. Um, <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to harass them. Anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll keep playing um, when I get some time to just keep jumping in and checking it out. But it's, uh, yeah, it's looking very popular at this stage. So we'll see what sort of life they inject back into it and um, where that ends up in the future. Um, uh, Grounded is, did you put this in? Yeah, I did. It's still here? Yep, I added it. Um, Grounded hit 1.0 this week. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, uh, I had recommended a couple of weeks ago that we stopped playing because I had heard on the grapevine that, um, there was a bunch, there was a lot being added and, uh, we were putting ourselves in a tricky position by playing through while we were, because, uh, the reason we originally started playing at the, so I've talked about this a couple of times now, but the reason we originally started playing was because, uh, yeah, word was it was essentially feature complete mm -hmm. uh, and they were just adding like story elements uh, that we weren't really going to miss out on by playing, but that panned out to be not 
the case at all. They have added so fucking much to this game uh, since going 1.0. It is huge. It's, it's crazy how big ground it is and how much there is to do. Um, we were able to continue playing our old save, which is awesome. And the only thing is it reset all our story progress. So we kept all like everything we'd built and everything we'd found and all that kind of stuff, uh, all our mutations and, uh, and stats and stuff. Uh, but uh, it reset our story progress. So we had to go through all that stuff again. And th what's interesting is, so we jumped in to play with uh, Johnny Bravo, who'd started his own game and he was doing okay. He had a he had a good system going, um, and I think we got up to the pond lab. So basically, in grounded, what's happening is you're going through these labs, and they're sort of like akin to dungeons, I guess, in a Zelda type game. Uh, and like, so they've got their own challenges, and and uh, but they're all survival focused. And so the pond lab has you go underwater and deal with underwater elements, um, but also primarily dealing with uh, a lack of oxygen and oxygen management and light management because uh, your torches don't work underwater and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so we were doing uh, the pond lab and just like JB wasn't playing at, at like when I wanted to jump back in. So I'm like, oh, I'll just jump back into our game and see what's happening, right? And the tricky thing while playing in JB's game was I didn't want to accidentally rob him of any of the experience of Grounded, of the sense of discovery and stuff, right? But one of the things that happened while we were playing through the Pond Lab was JB, uh, I don't know, fucking suicided, uh, die backed his way into the fucking into this goddamn fucking lab like six times in a row and he was like he was getting angry because he couldn't find the entrance to this fucking tunnel and we'd like taken him in we'd taken him through this tunnel already and we knew where to go right but we were through the tunnel we didn't have the fucking resources to go and get him uh and it was it was like, what What are we supposed to, like, how are we supposed to fuck it? Anyway, so I died about six <laughs> times trying to get to a point to help him. Helpfully, very helpfully, Klebomody was playing with us and he blocked me from getting oxygen one time. That was pretty good. Uh, that was that was pretty upsetting. And my, my respawn point was under fucking water. So I had to make the swim again every single fucking time. So anyway, after this experience where... Um, well, yeah, the thing, the reason it had played out that way was because JB was sort of like fucking content locusting his way through this game. Like he had shitloads of some stuff and absolutely nothing of anything else. So we were up to uh, the pond lab and we were worse equipped than we were when we went to the fucking hedge lab for the first time, right? And the hedge lab, so the, the oak lab, hedge lab, pond lab, haze lab, black anthill lab, uh, and that's where we stopped um, previously. By the time we got to the hedge lab um, in my game, like we had tier two gear all, all over the fucking place and 
all this kind of stuff. Playing in JB's game, we were like scraping together the barest parts of fucking armor. We didn't have any fucking decent weapons. We certainly didn't have the fucking stuff to to go underwater. And yeah, I was just I'm I'm just like what are we doing here? Why are we going through all this again? When I know if we're going to our game, we've got all this shit. Going to our game, and yeah, we've got everything. We I've got tier three armor, not tier one, not tier two. Fucking real good armor. Uh, real good weapons. Underwater breathing equipment. Like, I can fucking, I can do some shit, right? Fuck me. No. Anyway, so we go into my game instead, and we had to start from the beginning anyway. So I'm like, we'll just do it this way. And we'll just broadly allow JB to work shit out, right? But at the same time, when I, I'm just going to fucking, I'm just going to tell him where to go, right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to force him to go places, but like, I don't know. I'm going to tell him not to fucking do certain things. And he's going to do them anyway. He pissed away like, I think it was like 50 fucking feathers, which are a pretty valuable resource on some arrows that he shouldn't fucking have. That was pretty upsetting. Um, he's, he's, that's, that's the, that's the problem. We're talking about this with Heath, right? Heath doesn't want to jump in because he's, he's afraid that we've gone too far and we know too much and he will have a very different experience. Because he'll sort of just get dragged through the game, right? And JB is fucking living proof that that is exactly what would happen. Because I get, I'm like, don't fucking, why the fuck are you doing blah? Right? And then, but it's like, because he's never seen any of this shit before. And how is he supposed to know that he's not supposed to do blah, right? Like, like, it's not, it's not on him. He's been like, Left forward, he's a caveman, right? He's a caveman, and we've thawed him from the fucking ice into fucking 2022. And well, I'm like, why the fuck are you putting a phone in your mouth, cunt? That's not you don't eat the phone, stop eating the phone, right? Like, don't get mad at the caveman. Hey, what, what's he supposed to? He, he can't know these things. That's not on him, it's not on the caveman, anyway. Um. So, we are playing more grounded. It's phenomenal. Uh, it's I was saying this like before too. Uh, if it didn't, if it had eight player, like a eight player character limit, this would be the forest. This would be the new f the forest, especially because Sons of the Forest isn't fucking coming out. This would be mm. this year's the forest because. Like four players isn't enough in my my opinion. I uh I don't everything about the characters. Like it's four players and you have to pick these specific characters and I've never wanted a silent protagonist more in my fucking life. I hate these people. I hate all of them. All of them say <laughs> just the most inane shit all the fucking time and I can't work out how to turn off their voices. Um it's it's infuriating. They suck. All these little kids suck. 
Uh, but there's four of them, and apparently that's important. I assume it's actually more to do with balancing. But yeah, fuck me. I wish I wish we could get eight people into this game because it'd be a fucking riot. It would be absolute fucking chaos. Uh, the there's just some of the some of the behaviors you learn in this game are pure forest material to me. Like just the you you'll be talking about you'll just be shooting the shit, right? We we were trying to build this big tower so that we could build zip lines across the fucking length and breadth of the fucking uh, grounded world, so we could get across places a bit quicker. And um, I'm just like, oh yeah, so. It looks like we've got like 24 spider, uh, sorry, silk rope and, uh, oh my God, run, run, run. And there was like, all, all that had happened was I'd heard the, which is the fucking noise the spider makes. And uh, as soon as you hear it, like it's now ingrained in you. Everyone, if, if you hear it first, you have to yell run, run, run. And all, everyone knows where to run to. There's like, you run to the, there's this machine about a hundred meters from our main base and it's made of like perspex and the spiders can't get into it. And that's it. Run, run, run means go straight to there. We've never specifically discussed that that's what that means. It's just something everyone fucking knows. Just run to the machine, just get out, right? And if you, if you hear it, if you hear the spider and you don't say anything, you're a dog and you've dogged the boys and that's basically <laughs> all there is to it. And that's how grounded works. Right. And like fucking Johnny Bravo and Dr. E3 money have this fucking tendency to just fucking like, if they see something, they'll just press F on it. Right. Something they can interact with. They'll just interact with it. No matter what is going on, we'll be like me and Kleber fighting a fucking spider and JB starts a fucking tower defense phase thing out of fucking nowhere. Just like, oh, yep. Oh, well, I saw it and it said press F. So I pressed F. Motherfucker, we are in the middle of uh, the fight of our lives right now. And you fell off the fucking tree. Could you focus for a second and stop like stacking shit on our plate? Insanity. But uh, yeah, I think... Like, so we made it to the sixth lab, sixth, I think, lab. And uh, I thought we were pretty close to the end, but I I actually think we're not. I think there's quite a bit more to this game uh, just based on the map and all the shit I've seen added. Um, you Because, like, it's now visibly added uh, across the map. Uh, there's so much to more to see and check out, and that's fucking awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. So did, did like did all the progress reset? So it reset our our story progress, but not our material progress. If that makes right. sense. So the gear so you just run got, and do the thing. Yeah. So yeah, you just run and do all that stuff again. Uh, but yeah. We like we wound up. It turns out like half this shit is actually really useful. Like these labs, the hedge maze, the hedge lab rather, 
uh, is really useful for farming spider silk, which you need to make silk rope, uh, which you make need to make zip lines. So like, yeah, like it's actually, you wind up learning a lot about these, these areas as you go through them. And uh, yeah, I, uh, you, uh, so I spent today, not all of today, but like a couple of hours today uh, building this zip line tower. And it is the, you would fucking love it. Fucking JB logged in. He loved it. Drew logged in and went silent for like three minutes. Didn't say anything. And I could tell if you were there, you would fucking love it. It is peak Johnny Bravo, Joby spaghetti construction. It is the essence of our satisfactory efforts. Like just absolute garbage. Uh, I've got, it's basically a tower of stairs and the stairs are supported by the stairs themselves because mm -hmm. I've just basically like wherever they work and I just, it's just this jagged tower of stairs and then there's a wall that has the zip line point on it and then a floor large enough to make another zip line point. And that's my wonderful fucking tower. And then I went online to look that shit up and uh, how how other people were doing it. And wow, I've wasted my time. I've wasted so many resources on this dumb fucking thing. But I've come too far. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. All right. Well, that's grounded. It's out now on uh, Game Pass, or you can go buy it. But you should play it on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. The last game we got here is Return to Monkey Island. Mm. Um, so I've played quite a bit of this one. Uh, I think I'm pretty close to the end. Uh, it's basically a, um, a reboot, I guess. Um, the classic Ron Gilbert games uh, from LucasArts. Back in the day, uh, Ron Gilbert obviously created uh, the Monkey Island series. Went on to work on, with a bunch of other um, uh, classic LucasArts adventure games. Um, some of the big ones back then would have been... Uh, what else was there? Like uh, Day of the Tentacle. I'm trying to think. That was him, right? No, that was someone else. Who am I, I thinking know. of? That was uh, that was the other guy. That was that was double fine. I'm fucking nailing this, aren't I? Um, over it, mate. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, Ron Gilbert went went on to make uh, I guess Monkey Island two uh, after that, um, and then from there another team came in and started working on the Monkey Island series. Eventually came to the Telltale um, team. And the house gone back to uh, Ron Gilbert after the sale of LucasArts to Disney um, a few years back. And so this is a, uh, it's, it's set somewhere between, I don't really know, somewhere like after the second game. But at the same time, it's got characters from the third game in here as well. And so that's kind of strange. So I'm not really sure. In terms of the canon, what's going on? It's a bit, a bit funky. Um, they're being very, I don't know, like hide it. Being very mystical about what's, what's uh, really going on here, because it sort of starts off at the end of Monkey Island Two, um, but like I said, it's got characters from the third one, 
And so you're like, what is going on here? Uh, and I don't know at this point because I'm still playing. But um, anyway, uh, I've played pretty much all of those games except for a couple of the Telltale stuff. Uh, I just couldn't get into those ones. I played maybe two or three of them and never saw my way through it. But Matt, like big fan of the original um, Monkey Island games, uh, replayed uh, those recently with the, the remaster they did that were really well done still hold up um and then i've obviously played the the third game as well and the the subsequent ones after that uh so i've got a lot of monkey island knowledge um i was one of those people that when they saw the art style for this game was not on board uh have changed my mind now that i've played it except for the part i I don't like guy brush's art style i just don't like the way he looks and i think that was my uh, well, it wasn't my initial problem because when I saw the art style, I was like, this is kind of weird. Um, but it definitely grew on me for the most part. Like, I think it looks really neat when it's running. I just don't like the look of him. It's something about, I think it's maybe his nose or something. It's just off. It's too pink, um, that nose. Anyway, uh, so this is a point and click adventure game. You uh, collect items in the world, you talk to characters, uh, and you put weird combinations of things together and it solves puzzles uh and as you're doing that you you're you're a pirate you're sailing around to different islands that are locked throughout the game and you're running around solving problems and trying to figure out what the next step in the puzzle is um it does a really good job of uh there's there's a hint system in the game which is a bunch of these adventure titles have started to integrate and the one that's in there is incorporated really well. It's the type of thing where you go into this book, it'll give you a selection of the puzzles you're currently working on. You can click on the one it's that uh, you need a hint for. It'll give you a very basic hint, and then you can go in there like half a dozen to a dozen other times. It'll slowly dr- give you more and more information as to what it is you need to do to the point where it'll spell it out for you and say, you need to go do this. Uh, so the hint system is really good. Because those classic games were the type of a game where, uh, you know, there wasn't really an internet back then, uh, and you couldn't go looking for help, and some of these puzzles were really obtuse and weird and funky, and you need to combine combine one item somewhere on something in the world, and it would take you months to finish, because that is just the type of games that were released back then. Like, this yeah. is not just a cute attuned to Monkey Island. This is most games. Like, there was just no yeah. way of... You know, you would play a game for, for months and months and months. It's just how long it would take. Um, but we were impatient these days, and we want to know everything now. And so, uh, there are a couple of uh, difficulty options when you even fire up the game to be like, hey, something a little more challenging, and it'll give you the, you know, more in-depth... Um, puzzle solving in the game and then this one is a bit more low-key uh i think it removes a couple of steps but for the most part like i haven't had to use the puzzle system too much it is pretty intuitive in terms of things you need to do um and, and so that stuff is really cool um i enjoy the the storytelling the writings is is well done um the puzzles are interesting and i've never felt like there's never been a point where I've solved the puzzle and been like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Whereas that was always something that was weird in the first game. Like, you would use the monkey to, uh, like, open a, uh, 
to undo like a notch or something because it's a monkey wrench type thing yeah um that was just like oh okay yeah that's funny um type of dealio yeah but here it, it just it makes sense in the situation you combine things and it does a pretty lenient job of telling you what you can interact with the environment you can press a button and it's not pixel hunting anymore you can it'll show circles around what's interactable and what isn't or well, stuff that is interactable um and so that that stuff is really neat it's just stringed like a, a bunch of stuff that uh these games have gotten a lot of flack for over the years because they're based off a design system that's you know 40 years old at this point yeah um and so they've incorporated like they've incorporated so much in terms of trivia systems where as um you know trying to like this is not a type of game where you would want to write a guide for necessarily because it does such a good job of doing that anyway um like it's already in the game and so yeah for the most part like it's a pretty solid experience i don't know where it's going to end up in terms of its storytelling but i'm enjoying what it's doing at this point um and it just yeah it's it's a really good nostalgia trip um all the characters that you're interacting with who are familiar for fans of the series like a lot of the the key pivotal ones come back and have some sort of important arc uh yeah it's just fun like it's a really cool game it's it's interesting to see them bring this one back it seems to have done well in terms of critical reception um and yeah i don't know man like it's uh it's turned me over on that art style for the most part i think seeing it in action it's definitely like something about it is just off but in motion it works quite well it's just him as a character um and i'm sure this is just purely because i have such a a bad like a history with this character that i'm like it doesn't really look like him anymore um, and that could be just the main reason, but uh, for the most part, I, I've pretty much gotten over all that stuff. Um, there, like you can skip through the text if you want to, but I've quite enjoyed the writing in it, so I haven't been doing a bunch of that. Um, and all the voice acting and and everything that goes along with it is well done, and yeah, just overall, it's a really cool package. It's good to see a game like this get the opportunity to come back and, um, you know. Not not everything needs to be a a first person shooter. Uh, sorry, you, so, I missed you. Wrote it out. What did you say? Yeah, I said not everything needs to be like a first person oh. shooter. So it's uh, it's good to see. Um, Get off yes, my podcast. Things come back. <laughs> Old oh, school man. classic Avengers games come back, and so we'll see like where I think there's rumors of like him wanting to do a Maniac Man- Mansion sequel or something along the lines, um, but. Hopefully this um, Devolver Digital collaboration works out and this game sells well. Yeah, um, It's obviously been received well, so there's one big checkbox. Um, yeah, and if you can keep doing what he enjoys, then go nuts. Um, I'm curious to see the ending, though, because I know Nate was not a fan. Um, he did say, like, something about like the ending is i don't know like something they're doing throughout the story like points to what's going on overall and i have no fucking clue what he's talking about so 
Yeah. 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 I'm waiting for this like inception moment where I'm like, holy shit. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But anyway. I wouldn't, wouldn't go into or find too many details about it until you've played more of it. Because he's told me because, you know, I don't give a shit, but Mm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I could be here next week being like, fuck that game. Uh, (laughs) So we'll see. I I might, I don't know, might get through it tonight. We'll we'll have to wait and find out. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. I think they've done an awesome job with that game. So um, yeah, return to Monkey Island. There you go. Good stuff. Um, All right. That's the games we've been playing. We got some news, Job. Oh, do we got some news? There's a lot of it. Let's um, let's start off with the big one. Grand Theft Auto Six, like a bunch of stuff leaked for this, yep. and it wasn't small stuff. It was a lot of big stuff. Um, over ninety videos were leaked online. Um, just started appearing. I was, I think this was a Sunday. I th- yeah, I think it was a Sunday for me. Because I was getting ready to go out. I was doing something. Uh, I think we're, we're get, getting pretty close to like 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock or something like that. Um, was going out somewhere. And then I was... I jumped on Twitter. I can't remember what I was doing. But I looked somewhere and there was like a post saying this person's claiming that like this thing is Grand Theft Auto 6. And I clicked on it. And started like looking at some of these videos. I was like, okay. Uh, and then I went through a bunch of them. And I was like, this kind of like, if this is fake, this is like a really elaborate fake. Like somebody's gone into a lot of trouble to do this. And it wasn't after like the 10th video. I was like, this has to be fucking real. Like there's too much here. There is so much content here. It doesn't make sense for it to be fake. Uh no. And it kind of just blew up from, from that point. Like I, cause I jumped onto, um, my work Slack channel was like, someone's got to get this up. Like immediately. I'm pretty sure this is, this, this looks real. Uh, yeah. And it kind of just escalated from there. Like it was chaos the next 24 hours for rockstar at least. Um, cause more and more stuff just kept coming out about this, this game, this unannounced was well, technically it's been announced, but yeah. We've not seen a single screenshot of this thing. And all of a sudden we're getting like alpha build video of what this thing could possibly be. Yeah. Uh, and it was lining up to a lot of stuff that had leaked like protagonists and the area and what the maps would look like and all that sort of stuff. Um, what, what was what were your sort of, what were you getting into? What, what were you seeing when this popped out? I mean, I've never on? seen, I, I've seen, I've seen early builds of, uh, Rockstar games before and I've never seen anything this early no this and, is really early yeah and uh, yeah I, uh, I I think it's hard to take anything away from from this I mean it's what well, it, a grand moment in internet history certainly mm. uh, but uh, like the last big thing like this would have been when Valve had their source code stolen for Half-Life 2. Maybe The Last of Us Part 2? Yeah, I think this is big. I, I think I think yeah. Half-Life I, I was think probably bigger. Grand, like, Grand Theft Auto <laughs> is definitely bigger. Uh, and yeah, Half-Life's bigger. But like, like this, this is... Yeah, I think The Last of Us Part 2... 
considering what it did, the yeah. impact it had on the culture was uh, pretty pretty big. Um, but fucking yeah, I I think the the real takeaway is that th- this is that this is why game previews are fucking skew positive, right? Because like. The amount of people who are like, this looks fucking garbage. Garbage. Yeah. What, what work have you been doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. There was that one uh, tweet where the the guy was like, I know for a fact graphics are the first thing people finish when they're making games. And I don't know if he was joking or not, but a lot of people had a lot of fun dunking on him. Uh, and yeah, it's just, yeah, the reason previews skew positive is because they don't look like this. They look better than this, but you gotta like you gotta fundamentally understand that it's not the finished product, and mm. these things could be fixed. But I mean, that's why podcasts like like the Gap are, are good because I mean we get to we get to go back over our previews, right? Like I did with Saints Row, and and sort of reflect on how we were feeling at the time and how we feel now that the game's out and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I can't imagine anyone reflecting upon the difference between what we've seen at Grand Theft Auto 6 in these leaks and then versus what will eventually come out. I mean, it's it's the whatever the opposite of Spider-Man puddles is, I suppose, in that anyone who saw that and thought that was the real deal or is what the game will eventually look like, will surely be blown away when Grand Theft Auto 6 actually comes out and looks a billion, million times better. So I guess there's that. Yeah. I guess that's the silver silver lining, right? Hmm. Yeah, because you can look at those videos and, and just as someone who, again, sees a lot of this stuff, like you can see the quality is there. Yeah. Just like it may not look graphically like, uh, you know, what we you know a full release looks like but you look at the animations and the things that like the, the way yeah, yeah the way like they delicately put like a note on the table and then like as they're pulling it out of the cash register like that sort of stuff that's when i'm watching those videos and being like this looks like this looks like a rockstar game yeah. <laughs> like oh, this yeah. is the type of shit rockstar does yeah uh and that's why i was like so quickly to to be like i don't think this is fake um and jumped on it as soon as we could but yeah i I think saying that it looks like crap is the wrong way to approach it because this is this is obviously a a very early access sorry very early alpha um build and so a lot of that stuff is just not come together yet this is a game that's supposed to be a couple of years away um yep but anyway uh so i guess since then someone was arrested for this 17 year old kid from london but uh yeah wrong company to fuck with uh but he also pleaded not guilty for one of the charges good luck with that see that but that's hilarious yeah i think what they're trying to go with is like he was part of a you know a group and you know he was being influenced by this group i assume that's the direction right they'll go with it yeah um but anyway, yeah, that it, it's it's got to be one of the biggest. I think it's the biggest leak I since so. the Half Life yeah. stuff. Um, thankfully, 
there was some uh, Grand Theft Auto Online source code, which was also leaked, but it sounds like that's not going to have any effect on the production of this game. Uh, Rockstar came out and said this won't change their timeline, um, which is good. But this is like all come through, um, I, I guess, like people working from home, being able to get access into yeah. people's computers and, and phishing attempts and things like that. Um, it's just interesting that our first glimpse of such a tightly held secret is through uh, uh, one of the biggest hacks we've seen in a long time. Um, yeah. Any, any takeaways from like the, I guess, protagonists or the, the setting? Um, seems to be get, going to be back in Miami or Vice going City. Going to Vice, yeah. Going yeah. to Vice City, I'm happy with that. Um, I still, hey, remember, remember when you see it happen, you heard it on the fucking gap like literally years ago. Literally years ago, we said Grand Theft Auto, VI, and then CE City, Vice City, a la Resident Evil Village. We said that literally fucking years ago. I'm I'm glad to see that's panning out. Um, I like the idea of the Bonnie and Clyde concepts. Mm-hmm. I think it's got some fucking, some guts. Uh, I can't, I, I'm just fucking pumped to see another fucking Grand Theft Auto, to be honest. It's been too long yeah yeah all right um let's keep going here next piece of news we've got nvidia reveals their 40 series rtx cards uh, along with that dlss 3 i feel like i'm cutting out um because you're not moving <laughs> so yeah uh, nvidia's next range of graphics cards are coming out really soon um they've got some good performance backing them but also a hefty price tag yeah uh, what the fuck's going on there <laughs> yeah that price tag that price tag's almost too much to me i'd like i, I don't know i'd want to see him in fucking at work but mm. uh i don't know man i think they're they're being a bit greedy with that those price tags they're yeah they're, they're trying to set the rrp at what the fucking scalpers were getting but the bottom's gone out of that market. So, yeah. Mm. I, I think the other thing I'm not liking that came out after this was the fact that they're, they're now like making their flagship uh, premium to- premium card, the 4090 yep. now. Yeah. Um, and then having this 4080, 16 gig, like different models of the 4080 but people have done some digging a bunch of the uh, hardware youtube channels and the it seems like they're just trying to rebrand the 4070 at this point that's 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 another part of it right like there's some scummy shit i do not like two Mm. different like i don't mind a ti version um I, i don't love it but i don't mind a ti version but i do not like a 12 gig and a 10 gig version of the same card someone's gonna get fucked somewhere along the line so like yeah. it's it's too there's too much similarity uh up front there and yeah it definitely feels like they're just trying to fucking get away with calling a 37 uh 4070 or 4080 and i don't know yeah the whole thing left a sour taste in my mouth and it shouldn't have right this is these are these are supposed to be exciting events not fucking oh wow that's 
that seems real cynical. Yeah. Because you know? the problem that happened with the last gen cards was everybody was scalping them for mining, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a whole mining phase, and that's been like you can't do that anymore in these cards. They've they fucking nerfed them in the ground. They killed um, mining on the cards, and the bottoms dropped out of mining. So like on yeah. two levels, the the market isn't where they're pricing it. Right, and cards have also dropped a lot in the yep. last couple of months. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, that, yeah, there's this weird space they're in now where they're they're trying to bring out these new cards and make the 4090 the new flagship model that is, <laughs> like, extremely expensive. Like, yep. you're looking at like three to $4,000 yeah. here like in terms of pricing. The amount I'd spend on an entire computer. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is nuts. But in saying that, the performance on these things seem like they're insane um compared to the 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 last batch yeah uh the other thing they revealed was dlss3 um that thing seems pretty hectic what they're doing with that uh that's exclusive to these new cards as well um because they're using uh some new chips and all that sort of stuff um yeah and there's some I, i guess there'll be some actual better benchmarks coming out as this thing releases but there is some stuff you can go see that some of the independent um youtubers have done like digital foundries looked into it and and released some benchmarks at this point yeah uh and it seems to be they're again quite impressed with what it's done but i think there'll be a point where in the future they can then run there hey here's our price comparison on what you're actually getting for performance and that'll be the thing that tells people whether or not these things are worth it uh, but at this point in time they're not allowed to run that information because um, yep. they're they're purely doing uh percentage-based benchmarks um but anyway did you check out anything with the dlss3 like how they're doing that that seems quite i interesting I, that tech i watched it. some videos of it in action and uh i watched digital foundry talking about um their thoughts on it but i didn't hmm. really watch anything like behind the scenes or anything i yeah i didn't really it's using like ai to generate new frames right um like to increase and that's why there's such a high increase in terms of the performance between dlss 2 and 3 is because it's generating those extra frames uh, in between yeah Uh, and so yeah it's 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 not just doing like the uh you know anti-aliasing stuff it's now creating extra you know the extra content in there which is you know it's wild um so i guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with amd though because they've got new cards motion blurring is no motion blurring is no not that what's that what's that fucking thing on your tv that everyone all the filmmakers hate oh like motion smoothing motion smoothing isn't that what motion smoothing is Using it, AI to replicate frames in between frames, isn't it? No, I think that's I think just, it is. I don't use I, it. I think it is. I've got it turned on by default. Yeah, you're fucking... And I left it, it on. I, like, I left it on, on purpose. Uh, and now I watch all my videos on all my movies on my Steam Deck just to upset James Cameron. So, so there. I'm going to watch Avatar 2 on my Steam Deck, on my mobile. Yeah. Gonna send fucking 
Tom Cruise around your house to slap you in the face. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, w- w- there's a couple of factors here. Once AMD does their announcement real soon, we'll see what they're bringing to the table. Um, the, I, I, the, the thing that's a big competition here is the DLSS stuff. Like the fact that that's on the chip and it's using AI is a big comparison with yeah. um, what AMD is doing and with their, uh, what's it called? What's the tech? can't remember fsr yeah fsr uh it's getting better but it's not anywhere near what nvidia is doing yeah Uh, but if they can align that and then bring down you know some cards that have a good price range nvidia's gonna be in trouble i feel like yeah um yeah people are gonna not buy these like they're obviously gonna sell some of them but they're already struggling to sell and the price has been coming down on these cards so yeah I guess we'll wait and see. Um, like, I was super keen for one of these cards, but then I'm like, oh, dude, that's like, I'm going to wait. I'm actually going to wait to see what the reviewers say for this time. Yep. Listen to reviewers for once. <laughs> Smart. Smart. Yep. That's what they're there for. That's it. Um, all right. Uh, next up, we've got some CD Projekt Red News. Um, they had a, a call today, which revealed a bunch of their upcoming projects and quite a lot was shown off here Mm. um so let's go through it they're talking the witcher um so they're working on like three different witcher games at this point or actually more than three uh but three sort of mainline um witcher games they're doing that witcher 3 next gen upgrade which is still slated for sometime this year um they've got a new game which is being titled project uh serious um and it's in pre-production it'll have some sort of multiplayer component there's project polaris which is the first of the new witcher trilogy it's being worked in-house by city project red uh, there's currently 150 people involved in that project um and this will be the trilogy of games that they want to uh, release over a, a span of six years after the first game launches um that's an interesting turnaround um we'll see how that pans out i guess one of the the um t- key takeaways from this is that cd project announced recently they were switching across to the unreal engine so that might mean they've got that streamlined tools um yep. that pipeline is a bit better now to be able to work on this stuff and so they will be able to turn around some of those games a bit quicker um but yeah, that's an interesting sort of timeline they've set for themselves on that one. And then there's a third game being made by uh, X-Witcher veterans uh, called... Uh, they didn't announce the name. Project Canis. What? Canis? Okay. Oh, isn't Canis that Mor- the Witcher one? Yeah, the, the Witcher one. Yeah. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Canis is the uh, X-Witcher devs working right. on an open-world single-player game. Could be... I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. But um, yeah, so there's a lot, lot of stuff going on there in Witcher world. Uh, that wasn't the only thing they talked about. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. This is the next expansion for Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, over 300 people working on this project at the moment. Hmm. Um, and it's in the uh, final phase of development. So that looks like it'll be out relatively soon. On top of that, they announced a sequel cyberpunk 2077 it's being developed by a city project red america 
um, which is located in Vancouver and Boston. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I guess I'll be doing like alternating alternating between The Witcher and Cyberpunk at some stage. Sure. Um, We'll be curious to see where... I'm going to guess that like these... uh, these devs that are currently working on the cyberpunk expansion will a majority of them will go across to this witcher game and it'll be all hands on deck for that one at some point um and then there was a third yeah there's a third game which is a brand new ip um codename project hater and it's currently in uh extremely early concept phase um so that's all we know about that but bit of an insight into what's going on at CD Projekt Red at this stage. They got a lot on their plates. Uh, they've been expanding quite a lot. Uh, and we'll probably get games sooner as opposed to what their last cycle was. Yep. Um, which is interesting. So, yeah, a lot going on there. Any thoughts? Uh, I, they, like, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. I mean, they've announced so fucking much. Right, this this is a bold move. Um, so, mm. or at least a bold claim. Uh, yeah. So they've so, got yeah. three. They've got four teams at the moment internally working on stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot coming here. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see what they actually manage to yeah really i think your like your note about shifting to unreal is is a really salient point um there's there's a lot of potential in that aspect but yeah otherwise i don't know i don't know people say they've they've turned cyberpunk around but i haven't been back to see it for myself yet so uh i'll jump in when i get in this new graphics card Ah, easy, easy. (laughs) Jump back in. Yeah. Um, All right, there you go. CD Projekt Red, doing a lot of stuff. Um, Someone who's not doing a lot of stuff is Google. They've closed uh, Stadia. It's gone. (laughs) They've shoveled it out the door. Uh, Once again, Phil Harrison has got got another notch on his belt and uh, shit that's gone wrong. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did anyone not see this coming? Everyone saw this <laughs> coming, right? Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, it's got to be gutting for everyone involved. Mm. Um, I have friends who work at Google and they swore up and down that the stadium was the fucking, the tits and they would freely uh, shit on other Google products that were subpar. Uh, like they were fucking... They were the first ones to dump on the switch from Google Play Music to YouTube Music, and they but mm-hmm. they were still like Stadia is actually fucking amazing, and if you ever get your hands on it, you'll be, you'll be a believer in a second. Uh, but I guess we'll never get our hands on it. Um, yeah, it's it's not like the yeah, it's not like the technology doesn't exist now or. Uh, anything like that. Uh, I think xCloud is showing us that it's possible and it's even possible in Australia. Um, but uh, clearly there was nobody 
at the top level at Stadia who understood video games as a business mm. ever. And yeah, it shows. It really shows. It's a shame. Yeah, because yeah. they're such a big company and they just, uh, I don't know, they sort of just put it out and we're like, all right, we're done. Now what? Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, they never really felt like they got right behind it. So, Yeah, that's it. But that's that's what they do. Yeah, that's what Google More does. More often than not, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, let's keep going. E3 is coming back next year. We got some dates. June 13th to June 16th. It's being broken up into um, basically the first two days will be uh, industry people. So that includes you know, developers, professionals in, in, the, in the game development space and then media. Mm. Um, and then the next couple of days will be open to the public. So quite, it's sort of reminiscent of the way like a Gamescom operates. Um, sort of, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and so it's, it'll be held across those uh, four days. Um, but I think the interesting thing here is whether or not the big publishers come back or are they done? Are they going to just keep doing their own thing? Um, yeah. yeah. We've got Summer Games Fest. Jeff Keighley is doing that thing whether he comes to the table with and joins forces with Red Pop to bring to put on this this show as well, or are they going to be competing with each other during that same period still? Um, like it seems like Microsoft is still maybe the one the only one at this point that's sort of doing that summer period of game showcase. Uh, but PlayStation jumped out, EA jumped out, Sony jumped out. Like what's go- what's it going to take to bring them back? And if they don't come back, what's E3 at this point like what is it who's it for and what are they doing yeah do you right? do you see those guys coming back at all uh, I don't like I don't see why they would right like they they were forced to find another way and they went ahead and, and they no doubt poured a lot of money into doing that why would they then go back to the old way mm. I think the ship has sailed yeah yeah so you you do feel like this is uh you know this will be a one and one and done type thing like it'll it'll come and it'll fail and then that'll be it i think i think maybe five years i don't, I don't think there's an you think five years i think i think they'll probably try and get i i, I can swear i read that they had a contract until 2027. So I think they'll right. try to make it work until they don't get fucked on that. But yeah. 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 I mean, you look at um, like PAX Australia is an interesting one, right? This is the first year where all the big publishers aren't going to be there. There's yeah. no, like there's no Sony, there's no Xbox, there's no Microsoft, there's no Ubisoft, there's no EA, there's no Nintendo. It's... Yeah. It's, it's it's hardware and indie developers and that sort of thing like PAX has turned into a very different beast to the point where they aren't selling their tickets this year like it's you can still buy tickets um, hasn't sold out that thing used to sell it all the time yeah. and so yeah we're in a different place now um, 
whether or not those studios those publishers come back next year it could be a different story i know a lot of them are, are still on like global directives to not do a big events um but it's sort of reminiscent of what's happening with e3 like in the past couple of years where, where they've just sort of dived off and said hey we'll do our own thing we don't need to spend money developing snapshots of these you know specific slices of a demo that's been going to be shown to media it's going to be very hands-off exclusive sort of events uh and then on top of that like you've just seen all the stuff that's gone on with with rockstar right yeah like imagine being like hey here's a snippet of this thing and showing that to public and then being yeah. like yeah exactly. looks buggy as shit why are they walking funny and the fucking like, what does it turn into at that point when i played black flag for the first time at e3 and my ship floated up into the sky mm. and then just started floating off into the onto the horizon <laughs> yeah and I, you're I like, to the, to handler, I'm like i'm like i assume that's supposed to happen and she's like oh my god this you know the that's not supposed to happen. Like, don't worry about it don't worry about it don't worry about it <laughs> But they'd have to be holy shit. They never. They would never show that to the public. No. They might release it to the public as Assassin's Creed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whatever the that, next thing that that fucking English one was, but. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um. All right. The, I. I don't know, man. I guess we'll find out at some point who's actually going to this thing, or they. Or are they going to do the repop thing and like hey two weeks out they're not gonna tell anybody who's actually going they're just gonna try and sell all the tickets uh keep it a secret yeah <laughs> yeah um all right so uh so i guess you're going next year right that's the moral of the story we got oh, totally 100 yeah. percent. can't wait easy booking my tickets right now yeah uh PUBG is doing a crossover with dead by daylight Mate, um how bad this is, did this make you just a bunch of cosmetics though right Oh, no, I think there's a mode. Oh, okay. I believe there's a mode as well. Uh, I got an email about this. Here it is. Uh, survive the hunt. Uh, for a limited time during the Dead by Daylight collaboration, players can experience the heart-pumping and spine-chilling Dead by Daylight hide-and-seeking game web event. Four players can participate in the web event by accessing it through the in-game lobby banner where there will be one killer and three survivors. The three survivors will have to use their wits and skills to avoid the killer by using staple elements from Dead by Daylight like throwing items to distract the killer. Uh, survivors must repair generators around the map to power up the exit gates in order to escape. Players can earn rewards by completing the missions below. Hmm. Uh, play the game once and you get a Dwight outfit i think uh get a dead yep. by daylight theme spray if you play okay. five times and get 10 kills as a killer and you get a nurse mask nice yes this mode's going to be absolute garbage i can see mate, it now mate mate <laughs> can't be any more garbage than the patch that went out today that removed miramar from the map rotation and swapped it in with sandhawk Oh. Which means I will not be playing PUBG anymore again. Yeah. Maybe I'll come play Understood. Overwatch with you. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's going to make me as mad as playing Sandhawk, so why the <laughs> fuck not? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Anyway. All right. And then the last piece of news we got here is when I just snuck in there. Um, Sony's ramping up the PlayStation, sorry, PSVR 2 production, uh, which is slated for early next year. Uh, there was a bunch of stuff that came out during like TGS, Tokyo Game Show recently. Um, yep. They were doing hands-on with that sort of stuff. Um, the number they're throwing around. Compact. Yeah. That sucks. That flat out sucks. Yeah. Does it? Yeah, it does. How does it not what? suck? That's awful. Like the, I don't know. What, what about the games that are only on PSVR that are now fucking dead in the water? Because they didn't make enough fucking units. So what are you supposed to do if you wanted to play uh, that? I don't know. I can't remember any of their games. So obviously, they're extremely meta- uh, names. So they're obviously very memorable. But there are a couple Resident that I really Evil. want to play. Uh, and yeah, they're just gone. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so they're looking at doing uh, two, 2 million units at launch, uh, which is quite a lot. Uh, considering that, I don't know. They, I think the last number that Sony put out was they've sold uh, to twenty million PlayStation Fives at this point. Um, so yeah, they're uh, they're going all in on this thing. I think they're good. The, sort of, if it does well, that just means that we're going to have more VR games, which is something that we need more of. I feel like anyway. <laughs> yeah. As a VR owner. Yeah, um, sure. I like VR games. I want to see more of them. Yeah, when's the and, last time you played your VR? Uh, recently, this year. Name one game. Beat Saber. Liar. Liar. Liar! <laughs> <clears throat> Beat Saber's great. You're just, mate, you're just saying whatever. You haven't even played fucking Superhot, motherfucker. I don't know. I Super finished Superhot. Yeah. Okay. I finished that like two years ago. All you right. jackass. You are. You are anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's what news we got. Um, any questions lingering that you know of? Uh, you can write them in. Great question. The gapodcast.com slash discord. That's where you we, put questions. We do have a questions. Questions? I can't tell. When was the last time we did a fucking podcast? Ooh. Ooh, did this come through in time? I think we asked that one. Fridge Monster Man writes, Hi Luke, hi Joe. When talking about old games, people sometimes refer to the console generation they released. Did we answer this? To the console generation they released for as the 8-bit era or the 16-bit era. When it comes to 3D games, people will refer to them by PlayStation models, so a PS1 era game or a PS2 era game. Is this because PlayStations have been the dominant console in any given generation, or is it because, unlike some companies, cough, Microsoft, cough, Sony actually sticks to a consistent naming scheme? Um, I think it is because Sony has stuck to a consistent naming scheme. I think that's a that's probably most of it, but uh, there is a definitely a branding element to it because uh, I don't think... I think it's more common for people to refer to it as the Nintendo era than the 8-bit era uh, for people outside of gaming culture people will be like oh yeah i had a nintendo back in the day they don't, like, yeah so they had I a had sega 
Yeah, exactly. Or I had a had a SNES maybe, but uh, not a 16-bit console. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I don't think they refer to them. We're the only ones who refer to them as bits. But the other reason, the other part of it is uh, the PlayStation was a 32-bit console and the Nintendo 64 was a 64-bit console. And so the bit uh number was no longer sort of um you know consistent across the era because obviously those two are of the same era and i think what are the jaguar have like 128 bits right so the naming convention had to had to change i know like fucking some magazines insist on fucking naming it by number like i think we're up to the ninth generation I'm not fucking saying that. Fuck that. I'm going to say current generation or last generation, probably. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to call it the PS5 era, PS4 era, PS3 era. Fuck all that. Or I go by decade, probably. I don't know. What do you reckon, Luke? Uh, oh, I like... Oh, I'm... What's, the, what's the style guide? A game per se... Do you guys have one for this specific incident? Uh, no. Ever, no? Do you have, no, because we usually just call it like last gen. Yeah. yeah. I guess. Yeah. Or current gen. It's a current mm. gen. Um, no, yeah. Ninth gen is, is where we're at at the moment. That's that's not bad. I, I kind of... I'm all right with that. Ninth gen. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Good question. Baz writes, Hi, fellas. It's been a couple of years now since the current-gen consoles have launched. In their current state, which would you recommend and why? Cheers. Jeez. Great question. Um, I think I would stick with... Back back when uh, we got... Uh, I grabbed a... I snagged a PS5 and an Xbox and I wrote up reviews on the gapodcast.com which you can probably still read um my conclusion was ah perfect um <laughs> just now you, right now <laughs> <laughs> um if you have a pc then yeah. get a playstation 5 and yeah. if you don't get a playstation 5 get a playstation 5 um yeah. get a playstation Cha-ching. 5 and an xbox um and if you don't then uh it really comes down to what games you deeply desperately want to play um would i recommend getting one or the other absolutely what about you like would you get a a current gen console a ninth gen console yeah the switch um the switch nice (laughs) switch the steam deck (laughs) uh yeah i think it comes down to circumstance like who who you are and what you've got uh i still think that sony's putting out the best stuff in terms of first party sure um but they like game pass is still um excellent for what like content is going on there i think that like the playstation plus subscription is obviously getting better um like i signed up to it this year and there's a ton of 
first party games that you can play on that thing as well um but it, it's also stuff that is a little bit older um you're going through back to the eighth generation and the seventh generation and the sixth generation all that sort of stuff so yeah like the the pandemic has sort of thrown things off in terms of new content there ain't a whole lot on both of these consoles at this point um but in saying that first party stuff i still think is better on playstation uh you've you've got stuff like um you know it may not be in your wheelhouse but there's horizon forbidden west there's gran turismo there's uh ratchet and clank that's come out which is excellent um there was miles morales spider-man you've got god of war ragnarok coming out next month Mm. um like there's there's stuff there whereas on the playstation they're doing a lot of good third party sorry on the xbox there's a lot of good third party stuff um and they've also got some first party stuff but it's going to take time for that they've they've been buying studios it's going to be another couple of years Mm. like if you ask me this question in five years it might be a different answer but um at the same time if you're a family that's got a bunch of kids and you're looking for something with value then it's probably like the xbox right you get game pass yeah with family pass um and uh when that comes available and it's probably the better proposition value for what you can do with it you got a much broader range of games stuff that's newer content and um yeah it's got fortnite it plays fortnite as well so you set too true um yeah i know it's a tricky question it's like there's so many factors that go into it but (laughs) Flat, the flat question from Baz is in their current state which would you recommend and why yeah which would you recommend to Baz and why Baz is a cool dude who has if, if, a computer yeah a computer. if you're a gamer well then I, I go a PlayStation he's got a computer yeah, a yeah computer. PlayStation I, I think most computer. people I would say like if you're looking for first party games you're going playstation oh they're hardcore gamers yeah probably go playstation um but it's a shame because i haven't liked many of the first party games (laughs) 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 i didn't get to i like last of us uh part one remake very oh yeah i'm still playing that (laughs) Did did i talk on the podcast about about the pitch for doing a remake of The Last of Us Part 2? No, but but they might have heard you because they're doing a remake of Horizon Zero Dawn, apparently. <laughs> like, they're taking the piss at this point. That's a joke, my, right? My pitch for Last of Us Part 2 is Last of Us Part 2 remix. Hmm. And they fix the story structure of the game to the way we said it should have fucking been. Right, the Joby Cup pitch. Yeah, that's maybe pitch. once they jailbreak this PlayStation, right? You can go in and make your own, your own game. Ah, easy. Yeah, I'll just yeah. Chop you just it switch up. the code. Bloop, 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 bloop. Yep. Yeah. Easy. The fan <laughs> edit. Um, excellent question, Baz. Thank you, FMM as well. Let's uh, wrap this podcast up. Yeah, uh, anything you want to plug for this week that you've been working on or anything you want to share? 
Yeah, uh, go to ozgamers.com and theoretically you'll be able to read my NBA 2K23 review. I know I said this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was written at the time, uh, but it's still not up. I don't know why. I reread it. It's a really good review. Uh, it's very disappointing that it's not up yet because it was very timely when it was three days after launch, but less timely now. Uh I don't know what else what else you can do really. Uh, it is it, it's funny though. It's a funny review. So mm. it's a, you're a it's funny a guy. Cracker. Thank you. How Thank could you. people not like you? How could people not like? You? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, and uh, if you're going to PAX this weekend, well, first of all, on the Saturday you should come find me and Luke because we'll be drinking somewhere. I don't know where, and I'm not going to I'm not going to commit us to what? Are we not drinking together? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, no. Is that what I'm, you're telling me? We're not drinking together now? Yeah. No, oh, I just uh, no, you made it sound like we're going we're drinking somewhere and I'm like, I don't are we? Well, yeah, we are. Okay. We are drinking somewhere, obviously, Luke. I don't know where. You didn't let me finish. I don't know where it is, okay. and I won't yeah. commit to a, a, a specific location yet. Uh, but Come and find us, and we'll hang out and uh, yeah. have some beers together. Yeah, um, it'll be 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 later on. So you, I've got an appointment at four. You can come if you want because it's for the podcast. Uh, okay, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, we'll be we'll definitely be somewhere drinking. Um, yeah. Uh, Friday night we'll be at the Bethesda drinks, which if you got a ticket for that, yeah, Luke come say hello. The Discord. Uh, come yeah, we put us. it in the Discord. Yeah. Um and. If you're at PAX itself, not just lurking in the bars outside, which, you know, if you are, solid moves. Uh, but if, if you're actually in PAX, on Saturday, I will be at the Fruit Bat Theatre from 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. talking, uh, hosting a panel called How to Pitch Devolver. Cool. Uh, which Do they have yeah. a backup plan for this? For hosting? No. I mean, Aren't we drinking from Friday at like five o'clock? I am the backup plan. It's twelve thirty <laughs> p.m., mate. I'll have, I'll be fine by then. Okay, sure thing, Joe. Uh, and then um, and then on Sunday, from two till three in the NBN Theater, mm. I will be hosting a people behind the programmers, the gaming X Factor panel, which uh, should be a really interesting one because it hasn't been very well explained to me so i'm not i was i am the backup i have been roped in as the backup plan for that panel so uh <laughs> nice yeah uh, what is it about i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i hope i find out before the panel begins uh, <laughs> otherwise we can all discover it together yeah no i'm not going i'm, I'm going home at that point <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair i think i'm leaving early that day smart um yeah, at some point, like in six packs from now, I'll probably do the Friday and leave them Friday night. I'll be like, fuck this shit. <laughs> we can't be bothered doing anything. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, what about yeah, come you, say, Come say hello. Uh, yeah, 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 plugs. Uh, you can go to gamepo.com and check out my Mario and Rabbid Sparks of Hope preview. Uh, I wrote that a couple of weeks ago. Cool. Um, and you can also go check out my new Tales from the Borderlands um, interview that I did with the developers at Gearbox. Um, got a really cool opportunity this one. There was five global interviews for this. So we, we secured the only one 
in Australia. Um, and I think some other ones I saw going around was like Eurogamer and maybe like Games Radar or something like that. So really small selection of publications that got this one. And I, I had nice. like 30 minutes to talk to um, the head of writing at Gearbox and uh, one of the lead designers on this game. Uh, we just basically talked about like... Um, uh, so New Tales of the Borderlands is a, a, a spiritual successor to Tales from the Borderlands, the old uh, Telltale adventure game. Uh, narrative game and this is their take on it um they've brought it in-house and are developing this and just like discussing um what it was like bringing in old talent from that game and all the challenges of creating a game like this that they haven't made before and on top of that you know being a month into development and then going into lockdown and what that was like um and just the process of designing and creating a narrative around it a bit more like narrative focus this interview um was what they were going for so yeah had a good chat with them um so you can go check out that interview and have a read of it i'll probably put some more stuff up for that in like a couple of weeks just before it releases but um yeah i spent a bit of time on that one so go have a read if you get some time nice. uh, that's also on gamepa.com otherwise um yeah that's i've that's the most writing i've done this year like i yeah. normally don't write anymore yeah. it was fucking hectic <laughs> it was too much i don't mugs. have time to write for mugs. as it is and yep. i'm like yeah sure i'll do that that sounds right. like fun you um, boomed yourself you played yourself yeah but anyway it was rewarding uh all right well there you go that's the uh end of the show this week you can find us the gap on itunes android windows store spotify youtube not YouTube. All the places you get your podcast from, uh, except for YouTube. Uh, we're under the Gap or the GA podcast. Uh, you can search for us and we'll pop up. Uh, I know we pop up because I've had people recently ask me what the podcast is and I tell them you shouldn't listen, uh, but right. they go and find me anyway. And so it works, apparently. We're on there. Um, nice. Yeah. I don't like telling people to listen to podcasts. Cause don't like telling that's people weird. to listen to the podcast. No, not people I know. That's creepy. Yeah. Um, It's the nightmare. But if you are listening, please write a review for us. It helps other people find us that aren't people we know. It's very good. Uh, (laughs) You can also go to our Discord page, thegapodcast.com slash Discord. You can jump in there and talk about all sorts of things, movies, TV, video games, uh, House of the Dragon, Hot D. uh, Or you can play video games with people. Who's talking Overwatch. about Hot tea? Hot tea. It's illegal. Nobody's allowed to talk about hot tea. Oh, well. It's so trash. Saying. Fair enough. Um, trash. Yeah, so jump into there if you want to chat with people on video games. You can also find us on our website, thegapodcast.com. It's got all our social media links, as well as past episodes of this show, uh, feature content, all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, that is all thanks to our Patreon members. If you want to help support the show, go to patreon.com slash GA podcast become a recurring member and uh, helps us pay the bills so thank you to everyone that does that every Thanks month so we much. appreciate the support we do. Uh, and uh, I'll buy you a drink if you're at PAX come, come say hello yeah. um, you heard him or Joe will buy you heard no 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 Luke said he would buy you it's done it's yeah, locked I'll in. buy you a drink that Joe owes you wonderful <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah all right. Well, that is it for this week. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you are at PAX, come say hello. We'll be around uh, probably at the bar somewhere. 
Mm. Maybe inside. Maybe, maybe not. I reckon Friday will be inside most, like trying to see as much as we can. The date it's like less oh, hectic. Yep. Yeah, and then Saturday, uh, spend it drinking somewhere. Except for when I'm on a panel. Except for when you're on a panel. Um, yeah, I probably be won't be drinking then. No surprises this year though. We're not no. like here's Brendan Green. No, not not, not doing any of that stuff. No, or are we? Ah. Oh, oh. Shohei Yoshida is coming on the podcast. Genius. Maybe if we say that, it'll actually happen. <laughs> Maybe we'll rope him in. We'll see. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about Gran Turismo, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. What's going on here? Um, all right. Well, there you go. Thanks, Job. Thanks for joining. Um, oh, thanks thanks for everyone listening. And uh, yeah, see Catch you all next you week. Next week. Bye. Love you. Bye.